2: And here we go off and running on this fourth day of December 2023. 27 days remain in the old year, but it's more in Monday on the horn. Hi, I'm Robin. Sorry, I'm a little sorry. I was a couple of minutes late to the late to the microphone. That happens from time to time. Sometimes one has to get a slice of cheese for a certain young golden retriever boy and. He would have been inconsolable otherwise. So, I beg your kind forgiveness. But at any rate, if you are listening live, please feel free to pop by the horn chat room. We've got a good group gathered in there uh, for the moment. If you pop by live right now, and this program is live, you know, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the great globe round. Well, this evening you'll be greeted by Too Much Hutch, and Irish Dave, and Routes and Squeaky, and Theo. And capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Horn Chief Mathematician, and Bud Trimmer Emeritus and Zimmergist, Roger, in Oregon. Yeah. So, uh, uh, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So, thanks go out to our fourth, third, and second day of the month, subscribers. And by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, please feel free to, uh, um, you know, press the like button on every, on every episode and make sure you're all nice and subscribed and everything. It helps a lot. Uh, thank you to Kim and Malin. And thank you to Squeaky. Thank you, Thomas and Paul. Thank you to Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you to Gene uh, uh, and Anne across the pond. Thank you, John. Thanks as well uh, uh, to Elizabeth. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thanks one and all for helping us finish November fully funded, meet Bruce and Karen's Memorial Challenge. And what that means is today we just have the regular old fundraising goal. It's $300. And uh, actually, no, no. Two seventy-five. Thanks, Charlie. Um, Ralphs has a challenge on the table. Minister, unload, uh, Minister unloads on Mullamike Johnson. Claims Republicans are on the side of the devil. Pastor Manderson. Uh, that's potent, and I tend to agree. Um, Nathaniel Manderson who is a member of the American Baptist Churches of the USA, writing at Salon, said, In the case of the current evangelical political machine, the devil is all too often wearing pastoral robes and expensive tailored suits. For many years, the evangelical church has pointed to the devil outside in the world, but the devil is the one doing the pointing. Secondly, the devil is always up to the same thing, creating division through fear and uh, he went on to say in the Salon article that uh, in the minds of too many evangelicals those who don't hold to your faith are not simply against your ideas they're being manipulated by the devil himself to destroy everything you love and he's not wrong you know if you want to believe in the devil kind of Complicated, you know, the imagery, the cloven hooves, the horns, the tail, basically Dionysus. You know, where God is Zeus and his little boy Jesus is Apollo. We're not, this is more in Monday, not prayer meeting Wednesday. But, uh, he went on to say, Pastor Manderson did, did that, uh, Uh, Mullah Mike Johnson is the perfect manifestation of cruel conservatism. Now, to be clear, as a minister who believes in God, I am compelled to believe in the devil, but I see him much more at home within the evangelical movement than in most liberal causes. It is well understood in Christian history that the best place to disrupt goodness is through the church itself. Consider the Spanish Inquisition. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, The Crusades, the history of American slavery, the attempted genocide against Native Americans, and the oppression of women. Kind of left a group out there, Pastor. All these evils are or were firmly backed by biblical theology, at least as many Christians understand it, and in my opinion are all fully endorsed by the devil himself. This is now true of the evangelical political movement, which I believe is led by the devil and his followers. Then he found the group he left out. He went on to say that, you know, Satan doesn't care about same-sex marriage or taxing billionaires or a Mexican border wall, let alone providing health insurance to struggling people. The devil isn't about issues. He wants to control and mislead people and get them to do evil things. Currently, the evangelical agenda advanced by people like Mike Johnson involves ignoring the needs of the poor, the sick, and immigrants from foreign lands, all those Matthew 25 people. They support Donald Trump, which should be enough evidence that the devil is real, by the way, and believe that our planet's population of 8 billion people started with a man and a woman in a garden. Yikes. He sounds like a guy I could have a conversation with. (laughs) No kidding. Jesus gave his sternest warnings against the religious hypocrites of his day, those who misuse the word of God to oppress or subjugate people and restrict their rights. Jesus knew, as we must know, too, that the real evil, the genuine evil, is often found in the pulpit. The devil has many followers. He sells many books. He runs for president. He misleads God's people. So the Pastor Manderson Challenge is on the table to the tune of $25. If somebody matches that, we will get down to uh, $225. Um Yeah, you're right, Randy Radar. Let's have some empathy for people renting in these times who who don't own their own houses yet and are paying $2,300 a month in rent. Forget inflated grocery prices or inflated gas prices. These are the people who are really hurting financially. Yes, I know. I mean, I live in an area, Randy, where the designation of the New River Gorge as a national park has wrought havoc on the housing market. And I know it doesn't sound as crazy, perhaps for some other uh, areas, but when an old, rundown coal camp shack is going for $150,000, you know you've got a problem in the market. And of course, the, the either the greatest or second greatest problem related to housing in the United States: Airbnb, because a house can sit vacant and still pay for itself by occasional rentals as opposed to having (coughs) tenants in rentals. And there are a lot of people who work in the service industry here, working in, you know, rafting, climbing, uh, ecotourism, uh, restaurants and the like. And it's... uh, it's hard. It's terribly difficult. Oh, but just uh, just to get this morning Monday off with a little bit of a giggle. Oh, a quick program note. I have to take my daughter for an ultrasound tomorrow of her thyroid. That is scheduled for two thirty in Beckley. Under the best circumstances, I should be back on, uh, back on time. But if there, if they're any kind of backed up or anything, I'm probably screwed for being on air tomorrow. If, where that's gonna, so, my apologies in advance. Um, that having been said, of course, you know there are people in our community who enjoy college football the way I do, and I swear, every time I, you know it, it has been of late that you can't turn on the TV without seeing some. Uh, seeing some poor souls being slaughtered in Gaza, but my God, the Amer- oh, oh, we did, you know? No, no, uh, this time through, it's you couldn't turn on the TV all day uh, today without finding out about the crushing, horrifying, heartbreaking, brutal injustice done to Florida State University by being kept out of the four-team college football playoff, and this is the last year of that didn't realize that they're going to a 12 team format next year and that'll be considerably better but uh, yeah it was a poor Florida state oh they was robbed to the point that they were even babbling about it on I mean I should have known uh, on my filthy morning habit you know Jehoshaphat talking about how they were Florida State was robbed, yada, 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 but, you know, from where I'm sitting, roll damn tide, you know. I know y'all hate Alabama, too. There's a lot to hate, but, damn, they look good against Georgia. Sorry, Steve. Love you, brother, but, you know, roll tide. Sorry. Uh, So Alabama's going to play Michigan and Washington is going to play Texas um Alabama's going to the Rose Bowl which is really special but on top of all of that yesterday was everybody else goes to the, uh, gets their bowl game announcements too and i kind of wish i i kind of wish i knew that uh, uh, that Tracy was listening because god <laughs> Uh, she uh, she would giggle wildly. My beloved WVU Mountaineers will be traveling to Charlotte, North Carolina to uh, play a contest against the University of North Carolina, the Tar Heels. And this is about the most West Virginia thing ever, short of it being the uh, brown beans and cornbread bowl. Oh, no, my, my West Virginia Mountaineers are playing in the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Mayo Bowl. For West Virginia. I'm sure that there was... The- <laughs> it's just a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right, Irish Dave. It's all about the T and V ratings, Robin. I know. I know. But really, the mayonnaise. bowl. Well, two days after Christmas, I would actually. Charlotte's not that far a drive. It'd probably be miserably cold. I'd like to go down for it, but no. I would like to go down there for it. Stop it. Um. But probably, probably not huh <sighs> The mayonnaise bowl yeah. and over the weekend I had fun uh, I had I, I did I, I cooked over the weekend. I made Northwest I was actually talking to Miss Terry about it, and we talk about home and things like that. And I said, I don't know why, but I've suddenly got a hankering for chicken stew because it's a very unique thing that's limited that's kind of limited to uh, Northwest Alabama, particularly Lauderdale County. And more specifically, it was started over 100 years ago by the parishioners of St. Michael's Church in St. Florian, Alabama. Now, that's F-L-O-R-I-A-N. It is pronounced fluorine, you know, like fluorine gas, uh, but, you know, the element. Uh, but it's St. Florian. And uh, over 100 years ago, they started it as a fundraiser, and every Memorial Day and Fourth of July and Labor Day, they make hundreds of gallons of this chicken stew, and they do barbecue, and people start lining up at sunup to purchase it. Um, and and I was talking to Terry. And I said, "Don't remember how good it was?" And she said, "Yeah, yeah, I haven't had it in years, and probably in thirty years since I made it." Damn, it's good. So yesterday I packed up uh, eight quarts of it, and took it around to friends, and neighbors, and family, along with homemade cornbread. I think it was uh, thoroughly appreciated and enjoyed. So that makes me happy. It's a holiday thing. I realized that, you know, to use a trite phrase, food is my love language. If I care, I'll bring you food. I know. (sighs) But it was pleasant. But here we are. It's in Monday, and uh, we have an abundance of stupid, because the more ends you have always with you. And so now that he's been kicked out of Congress, George, Anthony, DeVolder, Admiral Perry... Santos uh, has begun going after those he perceives to have persecuted him. And some people are waiting to see if he goes full on and starts naming names of, uh, oh, I don't know, um, cheaters and closet cases in the Republican Party. And uh, in particular, he uh, he went after uh, Representative Brandon Williams, a Republican from New York, um, and said that uh, Brandon Williams should is a rhino. He's a rhino. a Republican in any. And that he should resign in disgrace. Brandon Williams telling a man who was apparently on Santos' staff, you fuck with my family, I'll end every relationship you have, every single friend. Do you understand me? So, well, tell it all. Tell it all, George, Anthony, whatever. Tell it all. We will, sit, we, we will be sitting here around a, uh, a steaming pot of hot schadenfreude waiting. Um, well, I'm getting a little in inadvertent allyship. Steve in New York says the Tide. I'm normally indifferent to Alabama, except when they play Ohio State. However, in this case, I have but two words to say as it regards TTUN, that team up north. Roll Tide. Especially so because I want them to expose TTUN as the fraud they are. Steve is passionate in his fandom. Uh, I, uh, I uh, sent a note to our dear friend Joy in Ann Arbor who is recovering from COVID, slowly, saying, I don't ever want that again. She's getting some taste and smell back now. It's been over a month. Hope you're feeling better, Joy. But I told her we'd have to be we'd have to be Bluebell ice cream enemies or something for the rest of the month uh, what with you know the tide playing Michigan. Uh, Lou and PA the flatulent State Seminoles just just barely beat the now five and seven flatulent gators about a week ago. There was every reason to exclude the Seminoles from the playoffs. I thought so too. And I thought the way that Bama handled Georgia kind of made the case for them being the probably best team in the country. And my heart went out to uh, Billable Rick as his, uh, his beloved Hawkeyes took it on the chin in the Big Ten game, Big Ten championship. So apparently... Life is not awesome for Carrie Lake. Her paranoia is strong. Uh, She was uh, uh, back before the 2022 election, she was at a rally and said. We don't have any McCain Republicans here, do we? Get the hell out! It was the party of McCain. It was bad. Arizona's delivered some losers, haven't they? Um, well, that that remark got dredged up. Now that she's trying to replace uh, Kirsten Cinema. And in a a report in the Washington Post, Lake, who's been endorsed by Trump, is telling Republicans privately that her rejection of McCain Republicans when she called McCain a loser and told his fans to get the hell out of an event on the campaign trail, took place in the context of a bruising primary campaign and was not serious. When the Post spoke to her, she said, it was not said a week before the election. It was said a full year ahead of the election while I was taking what was the equivalent of a nuclear financial bomb of attack ads and I was an America first Republican running against a McCain Republican. And it was said in jest. Yes, you were only joking. She's a nut. And so, remember, it's uh, Ruben Gallego versus Kirsten Cinema versus Carrie Lake in a battle for the Senate. that Gallego really needs to win. And uh, then this morning they were having they were having fun with uh, and 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 it, it, it's it's just interesting nice to see others catching up with us. It, uh, this when I heard this the first time this morning I, I thought of, I thought of Todd. He ain't gonna make it about Trump, and they seem to be catching up.
1: You say uh, this is not Republican or uh, Democratic. David Fromm. I, I mean, a George W. Bush uh, right. speechwriter, a guy who was sufficiently hated by the American left in in a past life. I mean, it's just it's, it's a lovely Republican guy. Lovely Tim. guy. Oh. Lovely guy. We love him. I'm just I'm just saying all of these people, so many of these people that you were writing that are writing in this piece, proving that it's not a Republican or a Democratic piece are people that the American left uh, used to. uh, We'll just say did not tolerate very well. And I do want to say also, I get it. You know, I get it. It's very interesting. I got a call on Friday from somebody who was who uh, said, I feel like I'm your um, spudsman because anytime people are angry at Morning Joe, they call me and I said, well, who would ever be angry at Morning Joe? Well, you're beloved by everybody. And this person said, well, this was somebody on the left who was very angry that you had Santorum on to talk about PEPFAR. I said, well, we had him on because he supports PEPFAR. It's like, it's, it's preaching to the, the audience you want to reach. But then the second thing was, he said, well, the, I said, well, who else would ever call you and say they don't like Morning Joe? And he said, well, most of the complaints from people who think that you were too anti-Trump. And, and Jeffrey, I asked this question, and I'm deadly serious here. When you have somebody that says, he says, he writes it down on Truth Social, that he wants to terminate the Constitution, that he wants to jail political opponents. Let me say this again. This is not, this is not Trump hatred. This is using Trump's words, just like saying he wants to terminate he was the one who terminated Roe v. Wade. When you have somebody who's running for office that said they want to terminate the Constitution, they want to jail political opponents. They want to execute generals who are insufficiently loyal. They want to create mass internment camps to send immigrants there. They want to take networks off the air that are insufficiently loyal and try their executives for treason. That's what he says. How am I being too difficult? How are you being too difficult? How is anybody who loves American democracy being difficult by pointing out the danger that that is in front of all of us if this guy gets back into the White House?
3: You know, I'm about to engage in a bit of constructive media criticism here, and and, and w- which is the following. Y- you know, we're so inured to his statements that we tend to ignore them. But I-, I think that every time he says, well, use the General Mark Milley issue, right, he should be tried for treason. That should be banner headlines the next day. The former president says chairman of the Joint Chiefs should be tried for treason, right? When, when, when he talks about dismantling the Constitution, that should be banner headlines. That should lead the news. That should be everywhere. It's a it? sleepwalking, why, why, as Liz Cheney that? says.
1: Why is it not, Jeffrey? Anti-Trump. And why is it that when Hillary Clinton says the word deplorable in a speech, it's banner headlines for a month, it seems. When Donald Trump uses Nazi terminology to degrade Perfect. human beings, uses Vermin, you hardly hear anything about it. Why is that, Jeffrey?
3: I think it's I think it's normalization. I think it's this process where one of the great attributes of human exactly. beings is that we can get used to anything, right? And so we got we got used to this, and we just accepted right. it as background noise. I mean, he does have these this this particular superpower in, in that and that he goes he goes further than anybody in in, in rhetoric, yeah. and we kind of go, yeah, it's just Donald Trump. And I think we have to reverse that and just say, no, 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 no. no this is a former president of the United States. Look, if, if, if the former president, if Barack Obama, if George W. Bush said the things as a former president, not running for president again, said the things that Donald Trump said, we would have we would have huge stories every day about a former president loses mind. Right. Right. You know, and, right. and says. And meanwhile, Donald Trump is the putative nominee for the presidency. And here we are, you know, and, and we, we act like it's normal.
4: That's why it, it, this uh, issue is so important, and what yeah. Jeffrey just said, it's normalization, and we need to reverse that, because normalization is exactly how it
1: starts. I feel like I've and said he, this all before yeah, I mean, if Barack Obama had said a generals should have been executed. Come on. Yeah. How long would that? How long? How long? How long would that be, like banner headlines on on the front pages? Everyone would have of, thought there was yeah.
4: something wrong with him.
1: Well, there is something wrong with Donald Trump, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm serious. He doesn't look right up on stage. He just doesn't. And and, and you look at him. We've
4: known. If him. you like democracy, there's something yeah. very wrong with him. Very wrong. Uh, the fir- first days of the new special issue are available now online at theatlantic.com. Editor in chief of the Atlantic. Jeffrey Goldberg thank you so much for
2: coming you No know, really I mean it, it, you're glad when the prodigal comes home but where did all that normalization come from it, Did it just did it just just spring out of the ether? Cuz I feel like it didn't I feel like it was helped along But maybe that's just me. But now Liz Cheney is under the the, the former Moran in chief's skin. She's out flogging a new book, Oath and Honor, a Memoir and a Warning. And she's telling everyone that he is a threat to democracy, that he will destroy the republic, and she's not wrong. But along the way, she makes mention that uh, she said that Kevin McCarthy had to uh, sojourn down to Magaloco in the immediate aftermath of the 2020 election because he was not sleeping not eating, and horribly depressed. And that McCarthy had told her all these things. Nitwit Nero has donkey ears. They're big, and you can tug on them, and he'll bray. I feel kind of bad about using that analogy, because I'm thinking about uh, John Britovo's wonderful little donkey who is ever so much more decent than anyone whose last name is Trump or Kushner. Uh, And so up in the middle of the night again, apparently. Crazy Liz Cheney, who suffers from Trump derangement syndrome at a level rarely seen before, writes in her boring new book. How would he know? That Kevin McCarthy said he came to Mar-a-Lago after the rigged election because the former president was depressed and not eating. That statement is not true. I was not depressed. I was angry, and it was not that I was not eating. It was that I was eating too much. Wow, does that put does that put six foot three and two hundred and fifteen pounds in perspective? There, <sighs> he was being a trash panda. I was eating too much. I was eating my feelings. You know, his, his every every his every day just must be uh, a, a constant out furious outrage of feeling insulted and put upon and wronged. I think I think somewhere in the Di- Diagnostic and Statistical Manual Fifth Edition. I think there's probably that's probably diagnosable somehow, but the pressure is beginning to get to him. Um, according to John Avalon over at CNN, uh, Julius Caesar. has has a lot to worry about. Molly Michaels, a former Trump personal assistant, is a subpoenaed witness in Jack Smith's prosecution uh, in Florida over the documents that Nitwit Nero stole. And she can corroborate notes that were written by one of his pettifoggers, Evan Corcoran, in which... uh, Corcoran said Trump uh, ruminated about maybe lying to the government about possessing top-secret government documents. And that goes to intent. Avalon saying uh, that there's no axe to grind here. It's just another... Trump employee being compelled to tell the truth. And then this um, separate topic entirely. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ralph's pointing out uh, and the, the normalization. Yeah, in my opinion, it was helped along by Joe and Mika. Yes, Ralph's. Yeah. And in classic fashion, Stephen New York, subject line, Trump. Yeah, well, that's, uh, like your opinion, man. Oh, two words. Tan suit. Duh! By the way, we cannot forget that Joe and me can have plenty of blame here, what with all that free publicity and on-air phone calls. Lord, yes. And, uh, Angelo, writing from the People's Republic of the Bronx Media, look to the producers and the editors-in-chief who choose to not make it to the headlines. It may not be good for the country, but he's good for CBS. less moonfest then head of CBS and also a perv. Precisely. Eating too much, says Matt in San Francisco. Uh, if those surrounding him thought he was eating too much, I shuddered to think what they witnessed. It's not like he's known for his healthy eating habits. Was it an entire toasted pig on a spit? Yeah, with a pineapple in its mouth, Matt. No, he was probably just loading up on the hamburgers. Oh, God. The extra cheese. Right? So, you know, it's just another day, right? Right. But the the, the maggots are making no bones about telling us who they are. They're not kidding. Um... Paul Danz, a former member of the, of the Maggot administration, who went on to go to work for the Heritage Foundation, and uh, the, his job at the Heritage Foundation is making plans for a second Trump term, unburdened himself of his thoughts regarding the independence Of the Department of Justice, which has been famously independent. It is part of the executive branch, but it has been famously independent for virtually the entirety of this country's history in one form or another. So that a prosecutor, uh, you know, the attorney general and the U.S. attorneys in various districts, states, jurisdictions, can freely pursue justice civilly or criminally. Without uh, the the potential political meddling of the chief executive, well, uh, McKay Coppins at the Atlantic has been taking a long look at the kind of people we could be expect to be back in the White House. Richard Grinnell comes to mind. Ugh, Stephen Miller. Well, Paul Dans speaking to McKay Coppins, said. The notion of the so-called independence of the Department of Justice needs to be consigned to the ash heap of history. And Coppins goes on to say that they are looking to re uh, re reimagine the civil service and politicize it. If they get their way, uh, Coppins says... The next Republican president will sign an executive order eliminating civil service protections for up to 50,000 federal workers, effectively making the people in these roles political appointees. And, you know, while we're at it, it's not mentioned in this article, but while we're at it, uh, there's always uh, Project 2025. Also crafted by the Heritage Foundation they're on Massachusetts Avenue across from the Union Pub in Capitol Hill and they've got lots of plans in in the works for lots of lots of people okay this is almost funny Uh, Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania has just hired, I'm not kidding, George Anthony DeVolder, John J. Audubon Santos to appear uh, in a video. I thought my ethically challenged colleague, Bob Menendez, New Jersey, could use some encouragement given his substantial legal problems. So I approached a seasoned expert on the matter to give Bobby from Jersey some advice. And. Uh, well. Here we go.
0: Hey, Bobby,
1: Uh, look. I don't think I need to tell you, but these people that want to make you get in trouble and want to kick you out and make you run away, you make them put up or shut up. You stand your ground, sir, and don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. Stay strong. Merry Christmas.
2: Huh. Because now you can book. Now you can book George Anthony DeVolder. John Jay, Santos on Cameo to do a video for you. And Fetterman is not backing down in his calls for Menendez to absent himself. Referring to him as the senator for Egypt. He showed up on, uh, on, on uh, The View, where Sonny Hostin asked him if he was uncomfortable with expelling Menendez, like, as like with Santos, he's only been indicted, not convicted. Veteran said he has the right for his day in court and all of it, but he doesn't have the right to have those kinds of votes and things. That's not a right. I think we need to make that kind of decision to send him out. Asking, if you're going to expel Santos, how can you allow somebody like Menendez to remain in the Senate? And, you know, Santos's kind of lies were almost, you know, funny. Menendez, I think, is really a senator for Egypt, you know, not New Jersey. So I really think he needs to go. And this is, of course, after he... Uh, survived an indictment in 2015 but the money in the jacket pockets well that don't look good that's as, as the, the smart folks in D.C. say that's not good optics Yeah, the 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 2015 charge in the 2017 trial were hung jury. Yeah, I know, I know. Ralphs, what the John Fetterman can't say the man doesn't have a sense of humor. But that's. But as we were saying, you know, like Todd said, he ain't going to make it. Nitwit Nero is now, uh, well, uh, Jeffrey Goldberg, whom we heard from in the segment from uh, My Filthy Morning Habit, um, said on MSNBC that the Paranoids have kicked in hard with Nitwit Nero. And he knows... He's, he's finally figured out that there are not a lot of people he can trust.
5: Where they view Donald Trump, and they will tell you this privately, as embarrassing, as corrupt, as incompetent, but they cannot imagine that he could be so dangerous as to dismantle and end the American republic that has existed for the last 246 years. And yet everything that we're seeing suggests that's possible. And I, I think The Atlantic could, cannot get enough praise for the job it's done trying to break through that imagination problem over the last several years. And if you look back at what The Atlantic has written in the past to determine how much credit you should give to what they published today, look at what David From wrote in The Atlantic in March 2017. Almost everything he predicted about the direction Trump was heading has come to pass. Look at what Bart Gelman wrote about the crisis that could befall the 2020 election in the fall of that year. These authors have been correct in the past, and we should credit what they're saying today and take that warning seriously.
6: Tara, there are mechanical reasons why this will be different. You're right. uh, Donald Trump has said all the things he's going to do. There's Project 2025, but there are ways in which... This current Trump operation, the the, the world the Trump world as we have it right now, is different from the way things were when he was first president. And that alone will help him to achieve more of his goals if he's reelected.
4: Absolutely. Uh, when I was covering Trump in the first years, it was all about leaks to stop his worst um, his worst desires. And it is not the case anymore. He's got three people at the top, Susie Wiles, Chris Lasavita, Jason Miller, and they are supplicants. They make sure that his actions are effectuated. And they've actually done a lot on the campaign campaign trail in terms of just changing the delegate system to work in their favor. And there aren't as many leaks. Trump is guarded. He's very afraid of even his friends that he used to call the time outside of the White House who would then leak to try to stop things. It's not a uh, gang of rivals anymore. It is it is Trump loyalists and it will be Trump loyalists. They've had all these years to go through the resumes and try to flag anyone who seems like they might in any way defy his orders. So we're not going to get the heads up when he tries to pull out of NATO. We're not going to get the heads up when he tries to round up, you know, um, migrants. That's not the process. And, you know, journalism, democracy, and and that's just not going to be a facet because he'll be able to effectuate it before we even know.
6: Uh, Jeffrey, let me read a little bit from this, uh, this article uh, that you have, uh, the, the, the issue that you published in, in uh, one called Loyalist Lapdogs and Cronies. The available supply of serious, this is to the point that Tara was just making, the available supply of serious qualified people willing to serve in a Trump administration has dwindled since 2017. After all, the so-called adults didn't fare so well in their respective rooms. Some quit in frustration or disgrace. Others were publicly fired by the president. Several have spent their post-White House lives, fielding congressional subpoenas and getting indicted. Even if mainstream Republicans did want to work for him again, Trump is unlikely to want them. He's made little secret of the fact that he felt burned by many in his first cabinet. This time around, according to people in Trump's orbit, he would prioritize obedience over credentials and that's the direction we start to go in which talks about uh, uh, autocracy and
3: dictatorship
6: and fascism obedience over credentials
3: right uh... you know at the he he from his perspective he made a mistake in his first term. Right. He hired the so-called grownups, Jim Mattis and Rex Tillerson and John Kelly and, and, and so on. Right. And they, as Tara notes, they they checked his worst impulses and they figured out how to work around it and sort of mitigate it. There's no more of that. Like the people around Donald Trump now are absolute loyalists and they're going to be hiring for loyalty above everything else. He doesn't want anybody from the Washington establishment. The shame here, and I, and I want to make this point because it's important, this is not about conservatism or liberalism or libertarianism or anything, right? Not at all. There are yeah. plenty of conservatives in in Washington, in government, um, who would be able public servants and I believe, and The Atlantic believes, as a matter of as a matter of principle, that a healthy democracy has a strong liberal party and a strong conservative party, at least at, at the very least, right? So this is not about ideology. This is about a an authoritarian.
2: Okay, if 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 that's the philosophy that there should be a strong liberal party and a strong conservative party, why don't we have either? Because the Democratic Party, say what you will of it, I mean, I'm still a registered Democrat. The Democratic Party ain't exactly liberal. It has done better now that it has has, uh, decided to embrace some more progressive ideas. But it is far from a liberal party, and the so-called conservative party is just bug spray crazy. They've been huffing. How how long how long have we has it been since we didn't have a nut job Republican party? I mean, I think back to the late '80s, going into the '90s, and that. Annoying little backbench dweeb, Newton Leroy Gangrene, and his rise to power. It's not like the Republican Party was a bunch of sane people back then. I mean, we like the fact, I guess, that Liz Cheney is telling the truth about nitwit Nero. But if she had her way... Remember, she voted with Trump 92% of the time. And she never, she never found a mine or an oil well or a frack pad that she doesn't love. I mean, she doesn't give a shit about uh, the climate crisis, and she damn sure doesn't care if children are breathing poison. By the way, there may be a a, a large and very heavy uh, freight train headed right down the tracks toward West Virginia in the form of a a financial collapse occasioned by the financial collapse of some coal industries and and companies. We'll get to that. But the the larger question for Jeffrey Goldberg is... Where 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 are those parties? I keep seeing references to uh, moderate Republicans. Uh, I heard someone refer on National Petroleum Radio. I heard someone refer to Lisa Murkowski as a moderate Republican. Uh, how? Or is it just me? Because somebody who somebody who doesn't give a damn if the planet becomes uninhabitable by human beings uh, in the next 100, 200 years or maybe sooner. I really don't see how you can use the word moderate to describe them ever at all. But back to Jeffrey Goldberg.
3: Authoritarian predisposition. And one thing that an authoritarian needs is loyalty above everything else, loyalty above competence, loyalty, loyalty above um, respect for the Constitution, respect for law and respect for norms. And that's what that's what we're talking about now. Why? Uh, let me just continue on. I want to keep on pulling that thread. The point you're making is that
6: in a country of 330 million, there are no shortage of actual qualified conservatives to work in the administration. It's just that many of them will of not course. take the risk or not want to do go through what Tara is talking about. These new loyalty tests. And and, and a lot of them would not be people. Donald Trump in his new world of loyalty over uh, obedience over uh, uh, credentials would want. That's the
3: point. It's Just a mismatch. It's not going to happen. It's not that they're not there. Right. Right. No, no, no. First of all, there, there are plenty of people who are highly competent who wouldn't do this in a million years. They saw what they saw how that process chewed up so many of their friends and, and, and colleagues, right? You look at a guy like John Kelly, a devoted public servant, Marine general, made the ultimate sacrifice in the sense that his son was killed um, in battle as a Marine, um, totally disrespected, manhandled by Donald Trump. But along the way, John, General John Kelly kept Donald Trump from doing some very dangerous things, we've learned now in the fullness of time exactly what he did, uh, and so that's the, that's the kind of person that Donald Trump will be looking out for, looking out, looking not to hire, right? Uh, and so even if there was a John Kelly out there who wanted to go in the interest of public service, serve in in, in the second Trump term, if there is one, um, Donald Trump doesn't want that person. Right. He needs somebody right. to say yes to his worst instincts. I want to just
6: carry on uh, with with Tara, this whole idea of who keeps him in check. Because to the degree that that, uh, Jeffrey says he's got a lot of Trump supporters who may read The Atlantic, I I, I don't know that they are in Congress at the moment. And and Liz Cheney uh, addressed this issue with Savannah Guthrie on The Today Show. I want to just play that uh, about the the members of Congress, the Republican members of Congress, and what they're going to do about Donald Trump. The notion that we would be okay, I think, is is naive, because if you look at, for example, the Republicans who are in control of Congress today, um, they are are
4: collaborating with Donald Trump. Uh, You cannot count on a House of Representatives led by somebody
1: like Mike Johnson to stop this president. You can't count on a Senate of Josh Hawley's and Mike Lee's to
7: stop Donald Trump.
1: You're Liz Cheney. You were previously known as one of the most conservative members of Congress. You're the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, and you're saying, it would be safer for the country if Republicans weren't in control of the House.
7: I think what we have
4: seen is that you cannot count on this group of elected Republicans to uphold their oath to the Constitution. But what this moment also requires Savannah is that people come together across party lines, Republicans, Democrats, independents, to stand for the Constitution. And that's why this election is, is so crucially important.
6: I mean, Liz Cheney's probably no less conservative. She's probably more conservative than she ever was. She's not changed her ideology on a single thing, except for the fact that Donald Trump is dangerous for this country.
4: She's probably more conservative than Donald Trump, let's be honest. Yes, correct. She's not wrong. Uh, There will be no checks and balances. We know the Supreme Court is obviously in his favor. So when he wants to effectuate, you know, executive orders that seem to have legal challenges, he'll be able to probably get around that. And he won't have the check and balance of Congress if it is a Republican-led Congress, which most likely will happen in the Senate. Unclear about the House. It could come down to a number of seats. We'll see what happens in a year from now. But all of those members are putting their ambitions above all else, because if they defy Trump, which they privately do, I've heard, them i'm a reporter i hear it all the time right. oh god he puts us in the worst position we don't agree with this and what's going to happen the chaos yeah, yeah but at the end of the day they're afraid to defy him because he can sick a primary challenger on them yep. he has the base of the party and that only takes 30% or 40% in any district
6: so you saw it with la you actually watched how that went exactly
4: down. she was destroyed i mean it was it was there was no saving her in wyoming and and she has one of the biggest, na- highest name IDs of anyone. Yeah. So, yeah, he has c- total control. If you defy him in the Congress, he can destroy you. And he has people that will do it. He has a dedicated team that works the ground game to make sure you will not win reelection. So he's not going to have any checks and balances. Plus, he'll have his loyalists around him. And if anything, I mean, you just look at this campaign, there are really no leaks coming out of the campaign.
2: I mean, what she says about, for instance, Wyoming isn't necessarily wrong. But it says, but, but but it doesn't say nearly as much about him or Liz Cheney for that matter as it does about how thoroughly he has weaponized political ignorance and viciousness. It's the people who do the voting. I know Stephen New York says, uh, Liz Cheney, I hate that I agree with what she just said, but I do. Well, she's not saying anything, at least in this context, she's not saying anything to feel bad about disagreeing with we've been saying that his goal was the destruction of the American Republic and whatever aspirational, more aspirational than operational notions of democracy we have since before the 2016 elections. And, I mean, that's seven, I mean, eight years ago. And it's all come true, and we were all correct, and they will tell us over and over again exactly who the hell they are. And it's on us if we don't believe them. Uh, the uh, <laughs> at this point it's it's almost comedy, but you know the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells, sat down for a little chit-chat with uh, Mr. Meth Pillow. And again, how much influence this guy has, I don't know. But this past weekend, and weekends before that, Geezer Disgustus was blathering on about how uh, he envisions an America where only Christians can immigrate to this country. But only the right Christians, you know. Um, And now these two yokels are talking about how, how to go about Christianizing America first or whatever. All
8: right, what's going on here? When you begin to think of America as almost
1: this covenant nation, that, 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 that God has ordained us, God has blessed us, and you are fighting for God by fighting for America, that is Christian nationalism, and that
9: is what has infected much of the church today. Sign me up. I mean, I think that...
2: Something weird is going on with this clip. We're going to try again.
8: When you begin to think of
1: America as almost this covenant nation, that, 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 that God has ordained us, God has blessed us, and you are fighting for God by fighting for America, this that is, Kim is
2: Christian Albarto nationalism, of and that
9: is what has infected much of the church today. Sign me up. I mean, I think this is the best recruiting picture I've heard. Mike Lindell, I, I know we got other things to talk about, keeping the factory floor, but given your uh your story and how you were saved and you were a degenerate gambler and a drug addict and just awful and you've totally turned that around uh because of your acceptance of Jesus Christ as your savior <laughs> did that sound did that sound like a bad thing or what this guy was describing
8: hey, absolutely not that was absolutely awesome um, the uh you know, I just did a big event in California on flashpoint, and they uh you know this is where we 're at we we're in a we're in a spiritual battle here of of biblical of epic proportions, and this is what it's been and if the gateway is to that people love the country and you're and you're combining the two uh yes we, i mean we've i've said it all along steve that this is on god 's timing, not ours and and he's using all things for good, even like this clip you just showed. That's amazing. Um, it's, uh, you know, if, uh, if they're trying to say, well, people are going more for country than to God. No, they're, they're, they're intersecting right now. A nation had turned its back on God, and God's given us grace right now for such a time as this for the greatest revival in history.
9: I mean, one of the reasons we have you on is to focus on my pillow because they're trying to destroy Trump and his company, and they're trying to destroy you and your company. Is these Christians that have like Trump? Trump's the American Cincinnatus has come back to fight all this. This is why they're trying to.
2: Oh please, no! Not the American Kin Canatus. Cincinnatus, really, Steve Bannon. No, he is not. The, he is not the American Kin Cincinnatus who quit his vineyards and, his, and 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 laid down his plow and took up arms and went and led well here we are back in ancient republican rome uh, this one's not on me it's on it's it's on the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells throwing prison you're the
9: same thing your love of country and your understanding this special place this is the new jerusalem your special place this special place
2: you know i don't think we need a new jerusalem the old one's pretty awful as it is
9: that that god has given us all this grace and all this benefit and and, and the pioneers and the pilgrims and everybody made this vast wilderness into the greatest country in mankind's history created more well-freed more people fought more wars for freedom than any nation in the history of the earth that your love of country has got you flying all over hell's half acre To make these elections fair is one of the reasons they're coming after the.
2: Giving away a free gram of meth with every meth, Mr. Meth Pillow.
9: Company. So, yeah, no, absolutely. that right there is the best recruiting video. We're going to play this one all day long. And these are haters. He's saying the problem oh, in the church. Think about that. The problem we have in the, the problem we have in the church is people love the country too much. No, dude, that's not the problem. Trust me. The church has other real problems. It has nothing to do with love of country. This is how twisted they are. This is how sick. He actually thinks by saying that, this is the audience in MSNBC. By saying that, they're going, yeah, that's terrible, that's terrible. That's the sick, twisted people that that watch MSNBC that must be defeated so they no longer can infest, right, the, the, the government of this country. They all have to be purged, purged, right? Anybody would think that was bad has to be purged.
2: You got it? I mean, using the word, purged. Kind of amazing, isn't it? in a terrifying sort of way. But then again, that's the way a fascist would play this. Because rank putrid right wing nationalism is well, it's 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 one of the fundamental ingredients of fascism. Uh, Matt, I don't disagree. How do you know you're on the other side of the looking glass when you say to yourself, Liz Cheney's right? And then a humble an humble suggestion. Can we just skip ahead to 45's burial on the eighth hole? I'm exhausted. I know that. that, Well, when I said, you know, we've been talking for eight years or more about this. I, I was I was doing the ciphering in my head, Matt. And it's like. Good. Eight years of this 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 country this country is a mess because it's been 8 years of trauma it's been an 8 year right wing trauma dump and other kinds of dump on this country but the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells and his buddy the former crackhead think that the country needs a good purging Steve says the wild card. Yes, the Maya Angelou maxim is true. Trump is telling us who he is. Yes, we do believe him. The wild card is a significant number of people agree with what they hear. I know. You know, he's, he's starting out with something like 30% of the vote. And now he's telling people when he was out in Iowa over the weekend that he wants to send people in to Philadelphia and, Mich- and, and Detroit and, And Atlanta to guard the vote. What do you suppose that means? That means voter intimidation. Keep people away from the polls. And it's one of the oldest Republican tricks in the damn book. You could be sending out flyers. You could be arrested if you go and vote. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kevin, in Colorado Springs. Kevin just uh, met just met ralph's uh pastor manderson challenge you know my history with religion kevin says so it's fitting that i meet this challenge thank you kevin so we're down to 225 now and that's fantastic let's run over to the stress line see who we got hey welcome to the program hello is that me that's you
7: Yes, hi, right, Robin. My name is Tristan. I'm a new listener. I haven't called in before. I've been listening to you for quite a while, but it's a first time calling.
2: Welcome, welcome.
7: Yeah, gosh, that's, uh, Thank you very much. That's some pretty frightening language I just heard there.
2: Yes, it is. Uh, and if you go and you actually, hi, hi. if you go and you actually read Project Twenty Twenty Five, it's a reboot of that insanity that Rick Scott of Florida put out, and they have polished it up and. And they want, pe- they want people dead in 2025.
7: As many as they can. It's a scary time. I'm a lot younger than you, as you probably might imagine. I sound like a teenager, but I'm actually 28.
2: Um, you don't sound like a teenager. Uh, I sound like okay. a tropical bird. What of it?
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah. you do sound a lot younger on the phone. I that. I, yeah. um, but, yeah, you know. I've been following politics for probably a lot longer than most people in my generation. And, you know, it just, I always kind of knew something about this was going to happen. Like when John McCain was running for president back in 2008, uh-huh. he saw the back that, that shit, the bullshit that Sarah was spewing out. I knew that we were going down. And I knew the Republican Party was about to take us on a road that we never felt. People have people like you and I are more engaged, definitely envisioned it.
2: But I was like, "Yeah, this is this is it." <laughs> this is, I mean, sometimes it feels Tristan like maybe we're we're leading people on because every four years we say this is the most important in, uh, the important election in the history of this country, but it's been true every time, and it continues to become more true.
7: Well, Frankly, even after even after God forbid all this is over, if there ever comes a day where this all ends, it's still going to be fucking important. You know, voting is not it's not something to be taken lightly. And, and you know, I I was talking to my brother the other day. You know, he's a couple years younger than I am. He's never voted, but he follows all this Ben Shapiro garbage. Oh no! And yeah, it's. It, and frankly, I have to be humble about this. I'm not as researched on my political, you know, stances as some people are, and I'm not a super good like debater. My intellect is not that fine tuned, so I can't. I have a hard time like, you know, tuning into his points that he's refuting them. But it's like, do you not realize that these people are not experts? In
2: fact, they hate experts. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right that they they're blowhards. Okay, and I mean, I, I guess the same could be said about me, but I do have some expertise here and there that I've developed over the years, and I try to bring it to bear without being overbearing. But little Benny Drywife Shapiro is just an ambitious dude who conned a million uh, con a, a, a million or few do, a few million dollars out of a wealthy billionaire who's willing to pay to propagandize the country and, yeah, and it's so and, yeah and so then he got uh, Matt Walsh and candy o to come along and play although I don't know if you know this but yeah. Candace Owens has, has been in some deep shit with her boss Matt Walsh I mean uh, Ben Shapiro.
7: Oh, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. Um, you know, I, try, I try to pay attention as little as possible to that side, but it's to get through anyway. But, uh, you know, it's... It, it, the fact about me, I, I'm blind. I can't see. And I was um, talking to a, an old philosophy professor of mine at Fairviews University who told me that Ben Shapiro is just Really tiny, five foot tall, oompa-loompa who props himself up on a bunch of cushions to make himself look taller. I don't know if that's true or not, but I found
2: that funny. I uh, I don't I don't know that he's five feet, but he, yeah, he's he's hobbit-ish, or maybe yeah. smi or maybe ish is a better way to put it because you know hobbits are nice. Yeah, hobbits are
7: wonderful. Uh, Lord of the <laughs> Rings, Great that um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's hard to convince somebody who's already fallen down that, that hole to get out of it. Say, look, these are, because every time I say, well, you know, the New York Times says this, how do you know the New York Times is true? And I, I don't know how to answer that, because I just don't have that much trust. we trust. You know, these beat them are so fearful of their own fucking shadow that they can't fit for themselves. And it's hard for me, somebody
2: who's not, to convince them otherwise. Well, the the problem, though, and what I worry about, Tristan, in in regard to like your brother, when they, it seems that anybody who goes down one of these rabbit hole, rat holes, uh, is immediately more at risk for being further radicalized by other elements. It's like all the times I say that, you know, all these various Venn diagrams turn out to just be one circle. So if you go down the yeah. Ben if you go down the Ben Shapiro manosphere rat hole, you can be radicalized by uh, by you know, white supremacists, skinheads, white nationalists, Yeah. and the next thing you know, you're watching. Uh, oh, oh, who is that that horrible little Nazi? Stefan Molyneux. Well, I mean, yeah, no, but uh, uh, the guy the guy the guy who says it's gay to have sex with women.
7: Oh, Clinton. The
2: Mexican guy. Yeah, yeah,
7: yeah. So they and, point that out because you know he's trying to advocate for white supremacy,
2: and they they put him up against a wall. Yeah. But but I mean I know yeah. people who have gone down this down down this rat hole, and it's awfully difficult to get them back out of it. Um, if I may make a suggestion. And I've mentioned her name a number of times on the program. She's actually famous for deradicalizing right-wing boys, and that's Natalie Wynn. Her her channel ContraPoints uh, is brilliantly produced, and it and she uh, you know she specialized for a while in completely deconstructing all of this right-wing garbage. You know, you say you lack the expertise. She has worked hard to develop hers. And she can go chapter and verse on it. So... Yeah, I'll
7: check her out. I, I, I've heard of her. I've never watched her videos
2: before. Uh she's, she's funny. She's probably she's probably the smartest person, the the smartest YouTuber out there, bar none. Hmm. Um, and if you can actually get your brother to sit down with some of her videos... She might make some headway with him.
7: Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's possible. And I, and I, God forbid, I hope that my story is not going to become radicalized. We are, frankly, there are, there's a long time in our lives where we didn't get along and we're starting to change, and that's a good thing. And God, forbid, I, I, I hope that just for his sake and for the sake of our own relationship, that he doesn't become that. I don't think he will. I know him, you know. He, yeah. Every time he comes home from work, and he sits down and he gains games all the time. But I don't, I don't think he has the motivation to become further out of the line. But so I guess I don't
2: know. It's still, it's still, it's still worthy of your concern, though. And I'm just, yeah. ter- I'm just, oh, no, ter- I'm I'll, just terribly curious. How did you find out about the program?
7: Um. Uh, uh. I think, I think it came up in like things you may like. Podcast, uh, you know, again. and I think I was listening to the Majority Report. Yeah, and it was like things that you may like. and on, it was boxing. I know your name's Robin. Um, That's okay. And yeah, um, and I just you know I've been listening for quite a while. You know, I've been kind of getting to know all the various different voices on your program and. You know, I just—I think it was during the pandemic, and, you know, I have to be honest, it, it helped me a lot, especially when we were in lockdown. It was, like, it was a really, really hard time for me. I've been, you know, struggling with isolation at that time. Actually, before that, feature future of my life, but we won't get into that. But, uh, you know, it, it helped me kind of get out of my own head. And I'm very appreciative of that. That's why I've kept listening. I, I've learned so much. So many, you know, hours I've been listening to this program. It's just, it's honestly been a, a great comfort to me during these crazy ass times.
2: I cannot tell you how heartwarming that is to hear. Because I mean, that's that's why we exist. It's why we exist um, to create a sense of community among people who, you know, might otherwise feel isolated. All those years. All those years of, uh, of, of, you know, the left, liberals, whatever you want to call us, abandoning the airwaves to the likes of now-dead Rush Limbaugh did us a lot of damage. And for a very long time it was possible to just, especially if you're, you know, like me, behind the corn curtain, and it feels like everybody else's blood-red right wing Oh well, this is a, this is this is an experiment in bridging that gap, and I think it has been. Even though you know, I'm not at I'm not at Joe Rogan. We're not at Joe Rogan numbers or anything, but it kind of blows my mind to look and see that just in the short time, relatively short time that we've been using Podbean, for instance. Uh, I think we've served out something like two million hours of program. Because that's that they we're we're at like six hundred and fifty thousand downloads of three hour shows, and so the math says that's near two million, and it, it it's uh, it's it's gratifying to I mean I I don't have a lot of chances to inquire, of and without sounding like Grandma Simpson you know your generation because you know I was young once too. Uh, yeah. What I mean, where you are, uh, what kind of what kind of prevailing attitudes are you seeing uh, among among your your age group?
7: Oh, Robin, I'm in Seattle. So.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> anything,
7: people are too left wing.
2: Okay, okay, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. Um, I get it. I, so, yeah, but I, but that's a, that's yeah, a, that's yeah. a, but that's a good thing because. I'm sincerely hoping your generation and the younger millennials and the alphas, you know, coming up. I don't know if you heard my conversation with uh, Alessandria a couple of months back, but she said, you know, 2028, those generations are going to be voting, and they're not going to be voting Republican. They're not. I completely agree with you.
7: My... my I think we have a lot to be optimistic about. I, I really do. Um, you know, I'm kind of a... I'm not a very stiff member of my generation. I don't use, you know, Instagram or TikTok or any of that stuff. It's pretty damaging, so I, don't, I try not to use it. But, you know, I will say we... And I, have to, I have to say this, you know, with expectations but also with hope that people will actually hear this, that, you know, there's a slow creep of, you know, right-wingers trying to influence this generation. And unfortunately, you know, it's caused it, it a lot of damage, as you, as you well know, you know. Uh, and we can't, we can't understate that, no matter how, no matter how much our generation is, is going to vote democratic and they probably are. I know I have and have in every election I've ever voted in. But you know, we can't underestimate the power of like
2: mean fuckhead to, you know, you know, infoke. No, yeah. I mean it's it's gonna be a mixed bag too, but like uh, it, it seems it seems like oh, you know, from from late teens to you know, about twenty-eight, twenty-nine is, is is a much more accepting of diverse personalities and people than any any other any other generation that's extant right now. Uh, I saw yeah. I saw a study that or uh, some sort of statistical whatever, but the least accepting people in this country are sixty-five plus and then it, it gets yeah. it gets a little bit better down in my demographic a little bit better down in uh, further into gen x and a little bit. and it's weird because the way this thing broke out it was like but there are some problems among the millennials
7: yeah
2: and i don't I, I don't know why that is i mean th- those the millennials are the kids that were raised by gen x and gen x was raised by the boomers but it seems like Gen X may actually be more uh, be more accepting than the Millennials until we get down to like your age group.
7: Uh, huh? Yeah, I, I would say. I mean, I would definitely say so. I mean, my family is extremely politically divided. Um, so, like, my dad's fifty six, and he's definitely a Democrat, but he says some pretty wacky things about, like, you know. Vladimir Putin, who's trying to save Ukrainians and yeah, shit like that. And then you have my mom, who kind of just doesn't really know what the hell she's doing, you know, until she recently left her her current husband. Uh, vote. She kind of she votes for Trump, and she couldn't tell me why. Um, so I fault with both my parents, you know. I think there's, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, and I, I think you probably brought this phenomenon, up before, you know, people, I think, Gen X, some of them anyway, could remember some of the difficulties that we went through with Vietnam. They might not have been there, um, you know, but people, you know, my gas days, they remember, they remember the Vietnam War, they remember the gas crisis as kids. I mean, he's like 12 years old when it happened. And I think, some of the newer millennials, and, and some of the people, you know, like, in the, in the Gen X, like, um, oh, who's that 80s sitcom kid who was like Super Reagan with, uh, Alex P. Keaton? Oh, yeah, Alex
2: P. Um, Keaton, my, yeah, uh, Michael J. Fox. Yes.
7: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's my old show. So, <laughs> um, you know, people like that are also find Gen X, too. And I think, you know, the further we've moved away from the Great Depression, the harder it's been for people to actually emphasize because people haven't faced real hardship in their lives, they haven't they haven't understood how bad things, you know, not just a personal level, but on a on a human level. And I think they they just lose sight of it.
2: I think that's possible because you know you mentioned starting to listen to the program a little bit before a little bit pre-pandemic or or, and and during the lockdowns and stuff. For me, from where I stand, um, and I'm a little bit unique because my parents were Depression era children, and you know I came along really late, but I I was I I was able to talk to people who had lived through the Depression. You know I'd seen. well like there's there was a saying out there, I'm down I, I ain't uh, you know if you're broke, I ain't got a red cent. Yeah. And that was from the ration those were the ration coins during the second world war and they weren't made of metal anymore. They were kind of like I don't know gutta-percha or something. It was some strange. But you know, I I'd, I'd seen those and handled those and seen ration uh, ration uh, coupon booklets and and when the pandemic hit You know, I I was I I hoped and wrongly, obviously, I hoped that we would respond to a serious existential crisis like covid the way that, you know, people people lined up for the polio vaccine, for God's sakes. And that's how we eradicated polio. But it's almost—it's almost like the, the country suffers from a giant case of TMI, Tristan. Yeah, uh, we, we literally have too much information. It's like what I said the other day about a, a, a swiping up on a TikTok video, and the next thing I see is a guy pulling a boot off his foot, and he's covered in bloated ticks. Oh,
7: God.
2: And I'm like, yeah. oh. I mean, I had night. I mean, that was that was so atavistic. I had nightmares about it that night. Woke up in a cold sweat. I can
7: imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. That's awful.
2: And then, and and if that's a trend, if there are if there are impression impressionable kids, there she is again, old lady. But if there are, you know, if there are children watching this, uh, I mean, I know, I know, it sounds so cranky and so crotchety and so wearing onions on our belt as was the fashion in the day. But that makes me worry. Yeah,
7: because well,
2: because there's um, no, because it's like there's no one there standing standing there telling them no 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 this is bad for you honey go out and play. <laughs>
7: yeah, well you know um, David Packard, um, another progressive radio host, put kind of well says you know we're not in 1980s but we're in new world everything. It's, it's, it's our thing We just this endless entertainment and it and the the the, the reason for creating content has changed you know say it, it, it's used to put on a, a gross foot with chicks online you know it, 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 it's 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 not about whether it's right or wrong it's about does it generate views for my content so that's just the attitude that so
2: many, uh, a lot of people have. Too many of my opinion. Yeah, and, and it's almost like it's 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 devoid. Well, you said you said your brother says. No, I don't know if I can trust the New York Times. Well, look, I've got plenty of reasons to take issue with the New York Times, but they are professionals and they do have a co- something of a code of ethics. And 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 professional standards, so they're not just they're not going to be as prone to putting out clickbait as say some some dude's TikTok channel. Right. And it, it's just oh, I mean, and that's and that's how you know that's 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 how we wind up with uh, you know the same the kind of disinformation we had in 2016, and the same tidal wave that's going to inundate us in the coming year, you know, Iowa, I Republican caucuses aren't far off and new Hampshire's Republican primary isn't far off. And by the way, Tristan, just so you know, uh, you are, uh, uh, you're, you're making friends on your first call. Uh, Ken, uh, Ken in Northwest PA says, uh, Tristan, welcome. Yay. New caller. And, uh, uh, where are you from, and is that your current locale? I think you said Seattle.
7: Yeah, I, I I'm not in Seattle right now, but that's where I live. Yeah, I just moved
2: there. Okay. Um, but you're are, are you are you from? You mentioned Syracuse, and I think that's what perked up Ken's little ears. Uh, are you? Are you
7: uh, oh yeah. So i No, I'm from here. I'm from, I'm from the Northwest. I went to Syracuse for
2: college. Okay. That's, yeah. a, that's a long trip. Uh,
7: yeah. Yeah. As a blind person, I kind of threw myself to the wind there. Like, Talk about navigating snow as a fucking blind person in the middle of winter. Oh. Maybe long for. Yeah, I can
2: imagine California. that could be a challenge.
7: Yeah, yeah, maybe long for California. And, you know, and to be honest, like, people at. The, the people that i fell along with in Syracuse but not in the university itself. I, I you know, I'm a pretty strong, strong-willed, strong-headed person, and I just kind of, I refuse to take part in the party culture that, yeah. my college, Syracuse University, is ranked number one party school in 2017, 2018. That's not the case but... I immediately I'd made a mistake that I moved all the way out there.
2: But you, you, you powered through it?
7: Yeah. Yeah, I did. Now I'm, you know, I'm thinking of a different path for my life, to be honest. Um, you know, if you go through that college thing, and it's like, they talk about, you're given all these opportunities, but honestly, like, it just seems like people it's just sort of like this. You know, nobody ever said on their team so they, won't, they wish they worked more.
2: Right. Yes.
7: And I had the opportunity to move into low-income housing in Seattle, a great part of Seattle, too. Um, and I could stay there I mean, assuming that the civilization doesn't collapse, which, I mean, it's a real question right now, but while we're here, let's we enjoy it, I would get free health care and to do with my time what I want
5: It's a powerful motivator for me.
2: Oh, absolutely. The, the, the freedom to do what you want as opposed to doing what you must I think is a is a is a fundamental measure of what freedom actually is. You know that's that that's all that pursuit of happiness stuff from the Declaration of Independence. That again, Republicans have no yep. understanding of whatsoever. And so yep. and so, yep. scary. Yep. You know, you said uh, you know you're you're familiar with some of the names and the voices. Well, scary, scary, gel, uh, scary, Jerry just sent you a note and said, "Cowbell, new guy, oompa loompa, any Wonka references? Really, love it." So. There's your first cowbell, Tristan.
7: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it, Jerry.
2: Not just everybody um, gets a cowbell on their first call.
7: <laughs> well, I feel very humble. I mean, thank you. So, but kind of going off that, you know, how come you decided to kind of give up your previous life and devote devoted to this, you know, very... Uh, I don't want to insult the program, but this small program that relies on the, the good hearts of other people. Why did you decide to make that decision? Uh,
2: because I had done because I had done other things that were more traditional, and they certainly weren't satisfying. Um. And they were soul crushing, really. Uh, yeah. The five years the five years I spent as a prosecuting attorney were a, a, a learning experience. In, 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 how, in how this country, and particularly some states, uh, prey upon and torment people for being poor and uneducated, when the fact that they are poor and uneducated is almost every time a function of some degree of choice. You know, if you if you look at unhoused people, you know, we we have a homeless crisis in this country because we choose to have a homeless crisis. Sure. And 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 the same and the same uh, the same with, you know, we we had we have the opioid crisis because we have chosen to have an opioid crisis crisis. Yeah. And my first job was in radio. All the all the cool kids had the had the cool jobs at McDonald's and Burger King. So I had to had to go and read the news and play gospel music for 5 hours a night yeah. and it just so happened that i loved it and so by the yeah. t- by the time you know this program will be 20 years old in february marabula diktu um by the time by the time that time had rolled around um, i was and I, I think i remember having this conversation with scott because you know, two old two old radio people sitting around yakking, and I would I had got I would I would come back to having the disc jockey the the, the DJ dream, you know where I'm, I've got the music and everything's all queued up and I keep pushing the buttons and it won't play and I open the mic and I can't read, and it's horribly stressful. And once I went back into radio, those dream, those dreams stopped. So I think my subconscious was trying to tell me something that you know, that yeah, you know, would it be would it be would it be fun if this thing if, if this little community was, you know, had a million people in it, maybe. But yeah. it's the it's it's the intimacy and the sincerity. That has always, moved and motivated me, because this really yeah. is a family. This really is a community. And yes, occasionally a
7: congregation. Yeah, yeah, no, that's kind of what draws me to programs like this too. You know, I'm i kind of an outlier in many ways, but uh, you know, I, I feel like having the company, having the people around uh, is, is important. You
2: know. Yeah, and um, and and the people, you know, this community, this is, this community is amazing because. We lift each other up. You know, we worry about we worry about people when we don't hear from them. And yeah. and, and it, it I I don't think that's necessarily the the case with a lot of them. You know, especially the ones that are more traditionally ad driven, because the entire purpose of that is to deliver people who listen to the program into the tender mercies of people who want to sell them shit that they probably don't need.
7: Yeah,
2: that's true. I mean, all the buy gold, buy gold, now ads, and the Bose Wave Radio ads, and the yes. Swedish mattress ads—just it, it seems so patently obvious that, uh, that thats the entire reason for these things to exist. You know, if there's a, if there is a, I don't know, if there's a cable channel for uh, for people doing ice sculptures with chainsaws. It doesn't exist because of the interest in chainsaws and ice ice sculptures. It exists because there is an advertiser who wants to pay money to have their message put on shows about chainsaw ice sculptures. And yeah. that And, and that's, yeah, that's and that's a significant difference for me.
7: Yeah. No, you're 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 absolutely right. We, we focus way too much on how much, what kind of market can we tap into, even like you know. You think about music that I like, like alternative music. There's a reason that there are alternative music stations now. It used to be stuff like that uh, back in the day. You know, it didn't have I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys did have different formats, radio stations, but it wasn't as, as divided as it is now. No, radio it, is no, not. It, it's
2: it's it's positively granular now. You know, back in the day, there was a. Uh, a top forty station, a rock and roll station, a gospel station, a country station, uh, but there there wasn't a lot of variation to it. And now that now that so many stations are owned by by a, cor- a single corporation that owns every radio station and uh, owns a radio station in every market, everything is just vanilla. It's bland. It's unlistenable. And so you yeah. go, you go, yeah. and you well, you go and you find your niche, and you. Live happily in it. I mean, I realize I'm an anachronism because I still can't talk myself into doing video. I'm a radio girl, and yeah. and and it, it, I always will be because I, I love I love the I love the medium. I love the, the I love the warmth of the medium as opposed to the di, uh, the uh, Apollonian uh, uh, coolness of video. Radio makes you, radio makes you use your mind, makes you use your thoughts. Video, you just sit there and let it pour in through your, you know, and given given that you've described uh, being blind, you probably get that better than I do. Yeah,
7: yeah maybe. <laughs> I, you know, I, I I certainly understand why why some of us used to go into radio. It's one of the reasons why I want to start writing. You know, I want to be able to, you know, um, you know write, uh, do the things in the are You know, have people their minds, and writing is, is, is another way to do that. Yes, it's another way to to connect with people on a real level that you know some of the traditional way of working um, both do. And if I can harness that, if I can do that in a way, I, you know, I don't really want to make a lot of money, but I would I would like to be able Survive and be able to, you know, you know, gather myself and connect, but also connect with others, and you know, speak. Uh, uh, you know, speak. People have the same or similar interests as I do, because it's it's, it's so important. Um, I, I mean, I get why you don't want to do this. I I fully understand. That. It's not the same. It's really not the thing. Um, but you know, I, I just I listen to your show a lot, and you know, it helps me uh, kind of get more information uh, than I would in other in other mediums. So I, I i think it's I think it's really really cool to finally be able to speak with you, and you know, to have these cool conversations. I hope that we can do it more often. Oh, I, I Tristan, Tristan
2: anytime, anytime. Yeah, thank you. I, I don't I,
7: usually listen to the show live, but you
2: know. Uh, well, that, that, so it's a double. It's a it's a it's a double red letter day then. Listening live and making yeah. your first call, and that's wonderful.
7: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I um, you know, I try to listen live when I can, but it usually just you know, i can back all the time. Sometimes just being, being in the way or, or whatever. But you know, I, frankly, right I I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. I've spent a lot of my time by myself, and I'm really trying to get away from that because life is too short,
2: you know. So. I get it. To be by itself. Yeah. Well, well um, Arnold uh, in PA uh, just wrote in and said, "I crossed the country in '99. At that time, most stations had already gone to formatted voices, four IDs, and such." I couldn't believe how many people didn't realize that the stations had been taken over by a couple of corporations. The digital radio has made it worse. I can't stand Sirius XM. Uh, a handful of people produce all the content, so I, I, I think I, I think I think everybody is right in this instance. I mean, I find, frankly, I find uh, I find FM radio. Music radio, at least, unlistenable. Yeah,
7: horrible. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to that radio in years. Unless somebody else has it on, I don't listen to
2: it. Exactly. Well, Tristan, you take care of yourself. Yeah. And uh, please don't be a stranger. Feel free to call back in anytime you want.
7: Well, oh, thank you very much, Tom. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. and I'll, I definitely will talk more often. I, I really appreciate it. So you take care also. I, I,
2: I hope you will, and th- and thank you very much. You've kind of made my night.
7: Oh, I, I'm glad to have done that. You certainly made my day. It's only 3 o'clock here. So.
2: Well, you know, it's yeah, it's just now 10 till 7, but it looks like midnight outside.
7: Oh, God. Yeah, it gets darker and darker. It affects me, too, believe it or not. Yeah.
2: It's it's uh, it's it's like I, it's like I say, you know. I tell people it's. I'm I'm a little down right now. I'll be okay on the 23rd of December, yeah. the solstice. And uh, uh, by the way, well, uh, Matt Matt in San Francisco just sent you a note. I do declare I'm a Tristan fan. Just a great conversation. Maybe there's hope for the future. Look at you carrying the hope for the future on your shoulders. I well,
7: well, hope it stays there.
2: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Tristan, take care.
7: All
2: right, you too. Thanks. Uh huh. Bye. Yep. Bye. Mm, new caller. I get all excited when that happens, and I'm not. I'm not kidding. Uh, you know, here sometimes people just have to speak for an entire demographic, and it was Tristan's turn. But I, I, I see a lot. I see a lot to like and a lot to respect. In uh, the, in, in Gen Z and the Alphas coming up I mean I guess technically little Luna and little Junebug and their sister Layla I guess they're little baby Alphas and it's constantly on my mind how do you know, in some senses how do we atone for the world we've handed them and how are they going to solve those problems? It's a lot. It's a lot to handle somebody who's a month old. All right, kid. Pull yourself up by your own booty straps. Right. So, uh, this being uh, well, the beginning of a new broadcast week and you know what, Monday... Um, jump in, the stress line's open the Skype line is open Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid Horn K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N or 304-574-8178 that'll get you in too Uh, Tom, in sunny San Rafael the Mayo Bowl, going back to the beginning of the program my beloved Mountaineers playing in the Mayonnaise Bowl I'm not kidding Uh, Tom says, you know, I don't think I've ever bought mayo in a bowl. Usually I find it in a jar and sometimes in a tube. I'm having a hard time figuring out how they'll have a football game in a jar, but oh well. (laughs) And the funny thing is, it's the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. And I love Duke's. That's a great mayo. (sighs) Please, Jesus, don't let us start the Miracle Whip discussion again. Not a word, Ken, not a word. But uh, if you're still there, Tristan, uh, Tom said, uh, great to hear from Tristan. And I couldn't agree more. It was. And see, as uh, Emilio pointed out, new listeners, the algorithms are working. The numbers, yeah, I mean, it's it's not. But apparently that like and subscribe thing really does work. And the leaving a comment. Who knew? Um, let's see. What else is... Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Trump's paranoia. We did that. <laughs> over, uh, over at the Supreme Court, our most puissant, dread sovereign, Supreme Catholic Majesties uh, have heard the appeal today of a challenge to the $6 billion opioid settlement for Purdue Pharma that would give perpetual uh, immunity to their heirs and assigns forever to the Sackler family. They made tens upon tens upon tens upon tens upon tens of billions of dollars uh, giving Americans a... Nice Jones. Remember, they in one community in West Virginia, they dumped enough hydrocodone tablets to give every West Virginian uh, an addiction to last them the rest of their lives. And so the Justice Department says that the Sacklers should not get the blanket immunity that this $6 billion settlement uh, affords them. In point of fact, when we're talking about a national crisis, it seems like $6 billion is chump change. And I realize that this just says that I'm a mean, cruel woman. But if the Sacklers were out standing on corners selling fucking pencils for the rest of their lives, that would be fine by me. Of course, that's not going to be the case. Uh, What it boils down to is $6 billion was set aside from Purdue's 2019 bankruptcy. Officials from every state are involved in this settlement. And the families of Raymond Sackler and Mortimer Sackler got immunity from all future civil claims. So that even if they are, and they are, obscenely, disgustingly wealthy, no one can ever touch it. And the uh, Justice Department, in their role as the U.S. trustee for the bankruptcy, actually caught the Sacklers up to no damn good. They pulled a Trump... Remember how he got caught last week moving a few millions around to pay his bills when he was told not to, ordered not to? Well, the Sacklers just quietly shoveled $11 billion from Purdue Pharma in the course of the 10 years leading up to the bankruptcy. That filthy family knew what they were doing. And they knew it was wrong, they knew it was evil, they knew they were killing people. And so along the way, over, that, over the course of that decade, you know, a few million here, a few million there, next thing you're talking about, real money. Justice Elena Kagan argued uh, that a fundamental bargain in bankruptcy law is you get a discharge when you put all your assets on the table to be divided up among your creditors. And I think everybody thinks that the Sacklers didn't come anywhere close to doing that. But she did go on to acknowledge that people, various and not necessarily ideologically aligned people support the settlement among people who think the Sacklers are pretty much the worst people on earth. And that's the bird in the hand versus two in the bush argument. We're getting something out of them. I, I, I feel like... I feel like every life lost, every life stolen... by the Sacklers' conduct... in flooding this country with opioids... should be at least... You know, a hundred million dollars. And that really puts the idea of six billion in perspective. Elena Kagan went on and said during arguments, it seems as though the federal government is standing in the way against the huge, huge, huge majority of claimants who have decided that if this provision goes under, they're going to end up with nothing well could the supreme court perhaps craft something that does otherwise i mean that's aren't that's why they're the supreme court right and uh beer boof and brat said that uh I think what the opioid victims and their families are saying is you, the federal government, with no stake in this at all, are coming in and telling the families, no, we're not going to give you prompt payment, in exchange, really, for this somewhat theoretical idea that they'll be able to recover money down the road from the Sacklers themselves. And I'm sure Brett just hates that idea. Petty Fogger for for Purdue Pharma is a guy named Gregory Garr. Uh, who said, uh, if the trustee succeeds here, the billions of dollars that the plan allocates for opioid abatement and compensation will evaporate, creditors and victims will be left with nothing, and lives literally will be lost. And then uh, uh, Amy COVID Barrett jumped in. Wondering what would happen to the Catholic Church and the Boy Scouts of America if this settlement is approved relative to the sexual abuse claims that proliferated like mushrooms after a warm spring rain in those instances. A ruling is expected in. Uh, well, before June of next year. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's uh, let's keep going and uh, go back to the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, sis. How the hell are you? Hey, girl. Hey.
7: Hey, girl. Hi. Hi. Well, so I, I had, you know, we all need a laugh. And let me tell you. I had the best laugh that I've had in fucking ages on Saturday when I went to see the show at um, at the Ace Theater in Hollywood. Speaking of the Ace Theater, because I know you're a Bosch fan, right? Yes. So remember that season where the, um, the doctor was accused of stealing some, you know, nuclear stuff and, you know, like there was going to be a dirty bomb and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And
0: oh,
2: yeah. that
7: chase scene when they were in that theater. Yes. That's where I was.
2: That's that. Oh, how cool.
7: Okay. But Michelle Buteau, for those of you who don't know who she is, and chances you don't, she is this amazing black female um, comedian slash actress, slash writer, slash funny as fuck. She has a show on Netflix now called, um, Survival of the Thickest.
3: Yes, I, yeah, yeah, you
7: recommended laugh.
2: that to me and I've seen it.
7: Okay, so you, you know how she is. Yes. Okay. So, Robin, it has been a long time since I was laughing so hard that I could not breathe. Laughing so hard that Thank God, I, I, you know, I have some control over my bladder, but I didn't pee myself. Yay! Laughing so hard that my size hurt. I just, she is such a, she's such a badass. And how was she? The way she closed her show, and I sent you that. That's how she closed her show. Oh wow! Um, so this is how she closed. You know, she just talks about being a mom and all this, and being in a biracial in a. a uh, a bi-ethnic relationship and just being a black woman of a, a size 18-20. Um, it's like, I think her before skinny jeans, skinny jeans, big heart, or something like that, right? And she she just, she was amazing. So she closed her show, and it was so perfect because of what we got, You how you we were talking about, you know, Mr. Chappelle, uh, you know, be saying that he was tricked into taking a picture with, uh, <laughs> isn't that
2: Boebert. Isn't that just pitiful?
7: Cause, cause I saw the picture, motherfucker. You didn't look tricked. Your ass was scared and like everybody else. Fuck you and what you're going through. But I got her. friend. So this is how she posts her show. She's like, I want to make millions and millions of, cause of course I'm paraphrasing because I am it been good about remembering what people exactly say. But she's like, I want to make millions and millions of dollars by making people happy, by uplifting people, by making people smile. Unlike you know Dave Chappelle, I, you know, and I know he's a goat, and it has a. And, it, and she's like, by I mean, going off about trans people. That's you know, she's like, stop days. People are getting hurt. People are dying, and this year not. She's queer. I don't know if. That's been part, always been part of her identity, but I didn't know, I never knew that she was there as well. So they me of her even more. But it was just, just to, you know, to get out, because we've had a fucked up year, and I know I've had a fucked up year since 20, my life, my year hasn't been, my life really has the been right since October 2022. So for me to kind of end 2023 on a happy note, God only knows what else is going to happen in the next few weeks before we start singing. Don't on. even, God, don't God, even whisper,
2: words. don't even whisper that into the ear of the it universe. Is,
7: yeah. Right, just the fact that I started December on an incredibly happy note, just laughing my butt I Yes, often there's a lot of ass for me to laugh off. So, it, it just, Robin, I, I haven't felt that good in such, and such a long time. It was just, it was affirming.
2: Cleansing, it wasn't
7: was fun. it? Oh, it was cleansing. It was like, that was the stuff I didn't know I needed. That was the show, that was the show I didn't know I needed. And I mean, it probably didn't, it probably, you know, didn't, you know, was not a bad thing that I had three glasses of wine before the show. That part.
0: That's okay. See
7: what had happened. So see what had happened was. So of course me being me, if you're early on time, if you're on time, you're late.
0: Right. That's me. And
7: so I. I that's me to a tree. I usually thirty minutes usually 32 minutes to forty five minutes early before I have to be somewhere. So in issue, when I found this cute little restaurant, you know you gotta love the Google machine. So I Googled and said I needed, you know, restaurants close to the Theater. And this restaurant, which is barely, it's only been open since August. And they popped up as called Possible. But they didn't open until 5. I got there at 4.30. So next door, a restaurant called Lala's, which is an Argentinian restaurant.
2: Oh, that sounds and yummy. I didn't
7: eat of course. But they had sangria. And they, and they're like, and the bartender's like, well, do you want regular or sparkling? I said, excuse me, don't want a sparkling. <laughs> same deal. Just I need to find out. I need, I need to know. Because so, regular is sangria with champagne. So, what? of course, what was I going to do, sir?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not as... I'm seriously curtailed. I mean, but... I was, at, I was at Olive Garden one day. Don't make any Olive Garden jokes. That's fine dining around here. I love y'all. Olive
7: Garden. I love Olive Garden since it's the Oompa Loompa that I married to that has an attitude about the Olive Garden.
2: Oh, there's our second Oompa Loompa reference of the evening. Tristan got it started, and here you are. But no, the uh, Olive Garden has a sparkling Moscato, strawberry, watermelon, sangria. Oh, bitch. I mean, and I'm not even that big of a wine girl, but I'll have that.
7: Oh, see, and I'm not a wine girl either. But that's a good. So I was, I was like, okay, but probably okay. The problem with me and my size, it takes a whole lot of alcohol for me to even get like, feel like it's kind of nice. So, you know, I have, I have my glass of wine, and then when the restaurant next door, Ramona's Pasta Bar, opened, I went next door. And it was just me, one other woman, and the uh, bartender told her I had a reservation for five fifteen, And she's like, okay, I'll go ahead and seat you. And so they have, this is a rare tea, some place, a place that has a happy hour on a weekend night. And so they have like three wines that are $10 pours. Then they have a beer. They have a couple of beers that are eight bucks. And then they have... Uh, on the happy hour, menu for food, they have, they have meat, meatballs and blah, blah, blah. So, one of the wines was a, uh, was a sparkler. So I had that while I was waiting for my brother and, and So when they got there, we ordered meat, meatballs with, you know, pork. It was pork and veal, or beef and veal, one of them. I think it probably was pork and veal, with, um, uh, melted, uh, mozzarella cheese on them.
0: Oh, and get then out. we also
7: ordered roasted Brussels sprouts with um, parmesan cheese uh, baked uh, on top of those. So we had that. And then we ordered uh, a, a Caesar salad with actual anchovies on it. Oh my. And we split that three ways as well. And then we ordered two pastas. One was the with flat pasta that's edited fettuccine, and that was with a, a, a lovely bolognese, and then another one with a uh, vodka sauce.
0: <laughs> Shut the
7: front door. Reception. And then, but oh, wait, there's my, and so, I'm not a huge fish eater, and my sister-in-law and my brother, are, you know, they are, they are travelers, but especially my sister-in-law, she is an MD, and she, you know, she's a, she got money, and she knows about good food. And so there was a fish. And when I saw it on the menu, I'm like, well, oh, I can't go with that. And when she saw it, because she had looked it up, looked up the restaurant I sent her, my, when I sent my brother uh, the menu. And he and she, he was like, when she saw it, I was, let me see, I'm going to look it up because, you know, I can't. I'm just stuff like that, but it was a fish. I think it was called branzino or something like that. But anyway, that fish, which she saw it, is typically like um, a like when she, the, the restaurants that she goes to, she's like that's a sixty dollar piece of fish, and they were selling they they um, they had it for let's see let me look let me yeah a whole branzino. With caramelized fiddles, sir. you know, of course, it kind of make me nervous because I've never had a whole piece of fish with the fucker staring at me.
2: It's a thing.
7: That's kind of... You know, it's kind of awkward. Well, no, I'm, I'm looking. I'm what, what's
2: the name of this restaurant again?
7: Mona's Pasta Bar. I'm, I'm going to send you... the link. So, yeah, we had the Papadeli Bolognese. And then we had uh didn't get uh I think it was and the one with the um with the vodka sauce. Oh, it was so good. Holy, holy mother of god, it was so good.
2: Oh, I'm looking at the at the menu and, now. Damn. There's the pappardelle Bolognese. Veal and prosciutto, mm-hmm. oh my goodness.
7: Mm-hmm. it, it, it was it was yummy. It, it was just, it was, it was worth it. I mean, now, so you figure each of us had two glasses of wine. We had, like I said, we had the, the meatballs. We had, I'm sorry, it wasn't Brussels sprouts, it was artichokes. So we had the um, Brussels sprouts and artichokes and then, um, we had, like I said, the Caesar, uh, with the anchovy. Um, we had, like I said, the two poppers and the fish. And all three of us with tips came in under
8: $200. Wow.
7: In LA money? Yeah. For LA, that's fucking cheap. Well, I'm now,
2: I'm now looking at a Branzino, which is apparently a European sea bass.
7: Yes, yeah, that's what we had with, with the care with the
2: with the caramelized the, the, yeah the caramelized fennel. Mm-hmm. That sounds sexy. Well, you know, you got you got me beat. All I did was make uh, Northwest Alabama chicken stew. If I saw that
7: picture. I was I would have been happy with
2: that. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I, I took her. I, would, I, I, I took been, I, I took eight. I took like eight. You know, those little quart bowls. I took eight mm-hmm. of those. I took eight of those because I still don't know how to cook for two people. And this just—no,
7: hard.
2: You know, you start out—you start out with a whole chicken cut up, and you just boil it, and then you let it simmer like overnight. And it's funny. I was talking with my youngest, and she said, "Your generation worries me. You just leave shit on the stove and go to bed. That terrifies me." <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Are you tell are you telling me that you turn your crock pot off overnight? And she went, I absolutely do.
7: Well, you know, they probably watched this as us. And that's how She did. And that's then that's right there. I'll be
2: mm-hmm. darned. But uh, I, I feel I feel like I feel like I uh, conjured you a little bit with the beginning of the program.
7: Uh oh. What what you you do, say. I didn't do nor
2: say nothing, uh, but the the, uh, the the bowl game assignments came out yesterday. Oh,
7: the Mayonnaise Bowl!
2: Yes. I mean that is that that is so peak that is so peak West Virginia. Did I lose you,
7: No, i still here, the Duke. No, the Duke. Uh, mayonnaise bowl. Yes. Wow. Again, you guys know I have eaten more mayonnaise in my with being with Jed that I have in my entire life. With that said, because Jed actually made uh, chicken salad yesterday, which was quite tasty. Um, well, I made we chicken. Cannot, I made chicken salad make, a
2: couple of weeks back, and I was really proud of it.
7: You cannot make chicken salad without mayonnaise. I, this, this is no. This I mean,
2: what are you going to use mustard? ketchup
7: oh, God. Oh, oh. come on I know why don't you go ahead and put, ask me if I gonna put raisins in my, in my potato salad it's
2: okay we know we, we, we know who you are we know we know a grape <laughs> supremacist when we hear one we know a raisinist
7: we know a raisinist oh
2: probably got a little California raisins. raisins hood or something you know
7: uh, I do, I do, I do, I do. I absolutely, positively do. But, like I guess it was just, you know, going to that show, just, I, and just, and now I'm going on and on, but people, please, 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 when you get a chance, please watch Survival of Citizens on Netflix. Because, you know, I'm stuck at, you know, social media, but apparently...
0: Um, well, y'all. They're, now, they're, see, they're, they're, after last
2: Friday, y'all got me, and I'm trying to decide if I it, it, do I watch this by myself or do I ask, like, you know, Annette to sit there so I won't like flip out. Follow the House of Usher. But
7: so you can't watch it alone. Sir. Can't. Well, I can. Um, I don't, and I think you'll be okay. I I think you'll be fine. Especially, like I said, what I love about um, that show. If, if you have even been, a, a, even remotely an Ecker Poe fan and know any of his poetry, their short stories, I mean, they thought it, have to. It's just so well done how they weave it in. And it's just, in a modern setting, it's just so good. So good, so good, so good. And I guess the murder at the end of the world.
2: And, um, and and and, and by and, and by the by the way, uh, where are the new episodes of Quantum Leap?
7: Tomorrow, no oh, Wednesday. There will be a new episode on Wednesday.
2: Because it's been like two weeks now.
7: Yeah, no, you must not have thought. Oh, that's right. You don't watch it live,
2: mm-hmm. so
7: you don't see the preview. showed that um, the last episode
2: the last episode took place at uh, no spoilers, the last episode took place at Princeton
7: right, right, right and so then when that episode ended it showed, you know, in two weeks you know, next episode December the 6th so there will be a new episode
2: on Wednesday okay that part yeah and I've been I've been trying no, no. I've been trying to like the reboot of Frasier. It's not terrible. It's got some funny moments. It's not
7: terrible. It has some funny moments. And that's why I love to watch it on Paramount Plus, because it's like, okay, it's not like it's not appointment television. And if I you know, um I guess the last episode is airing on Thursday and um uh it's not a spoiler because they've been advertising it. Roz is gonna be on there.
2: Oh, Perry Gilpin, mm-hmm. I love her.
7: I love her. Love her. So she's going to be on there. But I've enjoyed it. I mean, like I said, it's not like, ooh, I got a lunch Fraser. And it's like, oh, by the way, because you have, you have, you have a uh, peacock, right? Yes. Well, so you can't, which, which one do you have? Do you have, because, if you have the one that I have, I think I saw it there. Anyway, but you can watch it live because the beautiful thing about Peacock, you can watch the NBC affiliate in your in your part of the, of the world. Whatever's on at that time, at that time, you can watch it live. Hmm. Because so they have a little TV icon. We. This is why I know I spend way much, way too much time watching television easy when you open it for so the have home and all that just like if you scroll down to the bottom there's a little TV icon and it's live television and it's not just the NBC affiliate but it has like the Daytime channel the Golden Girls channel the Hallmark channel so you can actually watch live television as well so that's why I like about Peacock and also Paramount Plus they don't charge you extra, like fucking you, because that's ABC um, to watch stuff live on whatever the ABC affiliate is in your neighborhood. in your neck of the woods. It's included with the if you have paid description It's included.
2: Hmm. FYI. Well, Christopher just wrote. Ru- oh, is- Christopher just sent you a note. Okay. Get excited! <laughs> Get excited! Bowl season is here. What's this here? Big party and all are welcome to Tracy and Jan's for the Mayo Bowl. Bring your favorite dish. Okay, I'll bring BLT slathered with an extra helping of Duke's White Magic.
7: Bitch, you can't get Duke's over here uh, or unless we'll you go home and get it. You see, we know I know you can't get that shit on the west coast unless you order it. You going not take shipping for some some, some mayonnaise. Dude, go. Okay, you do that.
2: Girl, I order my barbecue. Mm-hmm. I, I order my barbecue sauce in.
7: I mean, I I, I can't be mad because see, I've been seen in gingerbread, and you cannot believe how hard it is. I mean, yes, I can make my own gingerbread, but you sister, sister, I've been time to, to make my gingerbread. So Jan finally, she finally found box gingerbread mix. Right? You know that was eight dollars a box.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's like...
7: I was at, oh, my, my God, how much is bacon in your neck of the woods?
2: Uh, eight bucks. I, I wish. Bitch, I saw
7: a package of, of Oscar Mayer fucking bacon for
2: $13. No, I, okay, no, okay, wait, wait, wait. Because I don't even look at the good brands. I buy that sketchy shit.
7: That's what I'm saying. So how the fuck, you know where does fucking Oscar Mayer get all charges and spend ten dollars for goddamn bilt powder, goddamn
2: bacon? Somebody upset.
7: Ooh. Ooh, I was 100 in fish
2: oh my. Well, I say so I don't, Coke, I don't, man, have, you, know, you know, I don't drink a lot of soda, but I like to have a uh, caffeine-free Coke Zero, ice cold once in a while. It only comes in cans. That means you can only get a twelve-pack. Yeah. Damn, twelve so pack 12 of the stuffs pack. nine bucks. Mhm. So I don't drink soda anymore. See, I, I'm 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 a water I'm a water and decaf tea drinking maniac.
7: So how we have to do is see this is what we do because around holidays that's when they do like four for whatever. If you buy four, you get, you know. So that's when we buy our soda and we stock up. Like I mean, I I you'll be proud of me. I have not been drinking that much soda. Um, but. We buy it. We don't like, you know, but and we keep it because, like you said. See, my thing, my weakness is
2: squirt. And now, and then they have. I want diet. Squirt, I want. Candy. I want diet. I want or zero sugar, whatever. We call, I want the squirt. Yes, I love squirt. Okay. But I can't get I, the zero okay, sugar. Yeah. They make it, but I can't get it. Because they
7: don't have because yeah, I was to say wait a minute real. I keep forgetting you live in West Virginia so well it's stuff that like like that plenty that of mayonnaise Chibati, watermelon and that watermelon body yogurt you have been telling me about
2: yes you, know, you don't get that shit here it was good
7: the fir- I remember the first the first time I you told me about it I ran to the stove at the store with the stove
2: stove I know. I see. If, you were, Ala- if oh, you were down in Alabama, so you would have you hollered for somebody, and, and, and they would have come and carried you to the stove.
7: Carried me to the stove, right? He, I, and, I, and would have had me get a Coca Cola, please.
2: Coca Cola. Coca Cola.
7: Coca Cola, please.
2: You mm-hmm. want Coke? What kind? What kind? Orange, grape, seven up. All it's, grape. All, cause seven it's all because it's all it's all Coke. It's all Coke, Pepsi well, them people you don't speak to anymore. Um, But, you know, behind all all this, uh, you know, there's a real issue, and that is the abuse and manipulation of the American consumer. Well, You know, no. Randy. Randy Radar was talking about how, you know, people out there paying twenty three hundred dollars a month in rent, rent. Are, are are you know, and no ownership entry you know, are are really taking it on the chin. And we don't. Uh, and people are so overworked. I mean, sometimes I look at things like jugs of sweet tea or, and this, I like it, but it drives me bananas, bags of popped popcorn that are slightly heavier than just an empty bag of air. (laughs) And that shit's $5 a bag. And I know, yeah, I, I am. I'm wearing onions on my belt, as was the fashion in our day. I know I'm old. But... I think, I think about the gallons upon gallons upon gallons of sweet tea that my mama brewed. Mm-hmm. I think about the probably 55-gallon drums full of popcorn that she popped for us to snack on. On the stove. On the stove. No microwave. Nope. And you know it's kinda like it's kinda like Doodle turning turning off her crock pot overnight.
7: Yep. Like I said, she watched this and That, that would freak me out too. But see, that was a frayed cord, so just make sure your cord ain't frayed.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, Go when I made the ahead. when I made the chicken stew, I mean I just did what my mother did, you know. Uh, started the put the put the chicken in with a couple of bay leaves the night before, you know gallon a couple of gallons of water big stock pot bring it to a boil skim it back it off to nice and low and cover it and it stays safely hot
7: and then
2: and then you get up the next day and you take the chicken out and you let it cool and you pick away the the bones and the in the connective tissue and the skin and and then you shred the chicken and start building your stew. Mm-hmm. By the way, mm-hmm. I have breaking news from Dave number 11.
7: Oh?
2: Duke's mayonnaise is now available on the West Coast at Winco and Safeway. Bought some on your recommendation. Have a great day, Robin and Tracy. It's great mayonnaise. It really, really is. I know people that won't do, use anything else. But now they're you big. You know,
7: Safeway. Safeway is that's Northern California, and I think the closest Winco to me is like nowhere near me. <laughs> so that we don't, where I live, there's no Winco. Safeway. Well, but see, once it, Safeway, once it once
2: it becomes more and more popular, you know, it, it'll show up at Ralph's.
7: Well, here's the thing. Remember, I don't know if you knew. I think we talked about this. Ralph's is trying to buy out Safeway or Albertsons Alphab- or whatever they're. Here, okay, in LA, so we have we only have two, like major grocery stores now because um, Ralph swallowed up a couple of stores and um, Safeway, which is it used to be Safeway down here, but now it's only like Safeway up in Northern California. But down here, it's either the Albertsons, Vons, or Pavilion. So Kroger is trying to buy. I guess, obviously, because I guess that's the parent company now. And so, there, this is, it's been met with a lot of contention because it's like, people know, because uh, of course they're going to close a lot of stores, and of course people are going to lose their jobs, and these are union jobs. And of course, uh, that's going at the wrong time because unions are getting stronger again. And this is a union town down here. And, you know, I'm glad you
2: mentioned that, because you know how I know unions are getting stronger? I saw uh, I saw an ad on my filthy morning habit today. For some outfit. Saying, tell President Biden to support open shops, open shop workers, build homes, work in grocery stores, yada, yada, yada. In other words, non-union. This is one of those outfits that hates unions.
7: Mm-hmm. Right there. Like you said, is uh, this putting money behind it, like you were talking about, with, with what was his name, Christian? The new caller? Oh, Tristan. Um, Tristan, I'm sorry. Apologies. I
2: always thought that was a um, lovely name.
7: Yeah, Tristan, yeah. Uh, and so like you guys were talking about, they're only going to put money in something that they think somebody's going to pay attention to their advertising. And and Like right now, we're getting... So the latest um, commercials down here on KNX 1070, which is our news station in L.A. um, Traffic on the 8s.
2: Traffic on the 5s. 5s, I'm sorry.
7: Um, uh, There are some outfit crime because, you know... Uh, we have a mandate that you cannot buy after I think twenty thirty or thirty five. You will no longer be able to buy a new uh, gas powered car in the state of California. It has to be either electric. Or you, you can buy now. If it's the used car you can buy it, but we will. They will no longer be selling um, gas powered engines in the state of California. So of course, there's this outfit doing these ads saying, uh, it's not fair for this and, you know, people can't afford it. Look, if you can't afford, most people can't afford new cars, period. Especially with the interest rate. So that's, that's a false flag right there. And by the way, we do, you know, we do have, um, incentives for low income folks or folks to be able to buy. Uh, there's you know, grant programs and stuff in the state of California. I mean, of course, these grants out, but, uh, there are ways. And I'm pretty sure by the time this becomes a full-on mandate, there's still, I mean, we're, we're basically 12 years out. And it's not like we're gonna have, you know, it's not like we're gonna not keep it so people keep it. So, because like right now, you know, especially with the infrastructure bill, they're making sure that there's charging stations, uh, especially like along from the Cali- from California into they they're, they're, they're building the infrastructure so you can have an electric car in the state of California. I mean, there's some places where you won't be able to and that's not because of anything other than the terrain and the extreme temperatures uh, and like that, and that and the technology the way it is, you don't think they're going to come up with a solution for that shit too? Come on. Yeah. So, these people, and you know, whoever's, cause, and you know who they're producing, these. are just like the fossil fuel companies. And by the way, I don't remember, I don't know if you, because I don't remember the exact number, but um, third quarter earnings, now i not just talking about BP, and not BP, ExxonMobil Mobile or something in the double digit billion profits? Yes. And so and so let's look at it let's look at it this way, sis. They had over something in the billions with a B and a and a S. So that's clear. B the, the B at the beginning and the S at the end. Which does B S. Ooh, I did that. See what I did there? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so this is after they've been paid the law, any lawsuits, any cleanups they've had to do. We, they paid the executives. Anybody got, you know, retired and they got the golden and And then the lowly workers. And this is after they've been paid everybody and paid their debts and all this. And you motherfuckers still have in the billions of profit. And that's the quarter. That's just one quarter of the third quarter. And they're crying. And they're trying to say that they don't, they don't price gouge us. Uh, I find that hard to believe when we're paying, you know, there was a few, we were paying almost seven, at some points over the last few months, we were, you know, getting into that seven dollar a gallon range out here in LA. And of course they're trying to blame Gavin Newsom and, and Joe Biden. No, how about you guys start blaming Congress the Republicans for giving these motherfuckers, you know, no accountability and letting them get away with shit and not paying their fair share and woo-woo-woo.
2: 1000000000 Well, were you proud of your governor, the the way he handled, uh, uh, mon- oh, Monkey uh, Up? Uh, uh,
7: Rhonda Satan?
2: Yes, Monkey Up. Yeah, Rhonda.
7: And oh, I because I couldn't watch it because I knew it was gonna be thrashing. And plus, it was on Fox News, and I'm not, I'm, I'm I, I. It's to the point if you come to my house because you like on my cable, you can delete channels or not have channels show up on your guy. Yeah, not show up on my guy. You cannot come to my house and watch Fox News. Fox News does not exist in my house. Good. So, I, no. No, I, I cannot, I will not. Because I'm not, because by me watching Fox News, that's advertising and there's, that's eye, eyeballs on their channel, and that gives them Nielsen ratings and all this. Oh, nope. Sorry. Fuck you. No. Not going to happen. Can't do it. We'll do it. Just, no. We won't. Oh. Uh, remember, you, earlier you said how much you hate, um, like saving time, you know, and, I mean, standard time and stuff. Yeah. And how dark it gets. So, um, do you watch, have you ever watched, have you watched Evan Elementary at all? Because I know I asked, told you to watch it, but have you watched it?
2: I have not yet.
7: Okay. Jesus. Okay. We're going into the third season six But anyway, the actress that plays, um, Principal, uh, I don't really like her, but anyway, but she opened for, uh, <laughs> she opened for uh Bouteau. and so she was talking about how much she hates, you know, this time of the year, because it's so fucking dark at 4.30, so she's like, the other day, man, our man came over and tore up the pussy, just towed it up, but you know what happens after somebody says, you go to sleep, right, you take a nap, and she said she woke up. And it was dark and she had a show to do, right? And so she called the, the, the promoter and she's like, oh man, I am so sorry. I overslept. And she said, like, I'm not, I, I'm not going to make it. And he's like, ma'am, sis, it's only four thirty. And she's like, motherfucker. Here she is thinking it was like, you know, nine, ten o'clock at night and it was like four thirty, five o'clock because it was so goddamn dark. I hate this time of the year. I hate it. You can't. You can't. I, I I don't know those people who live like in the far northern parts of the country in the world, like Alaska and Scandinavia. And this time of the year, they got what twelve hours of dark, or something like that. I don't. How do they do that? I, I, and I don't like. You know, I'm not joking. don't no, like to joke about mental illness, and you know, and all this because I know how I do when it's dark. I get real dark. Myself and I, I I don't well. I even though I'm not an outside person, I, I, I need We all need sunlight. We need that vitamin D to keep us in a decent mood and stuff like that. Get that, that you know, all that stuff that makes what is that serotonin and all that to keep us, you know, somewhat as happy as we possibly can, depending on the situation. But how do you do that to live somewhere? is it like is it like places where it's twelve hours or something crazy like that of dark or longer?
2: Uh, yeah, it feels that way now. <laughs> it does.
7: It does. Uh, I mean, if it gets darker, like right now, it's four thirty eight here, and the sun is still up. It's setting. It's actually a gorgeous sunset. No, sir. I just, it was if you know, I have to hand it at Arizona. At least they're like, fuck y'all, we're not setting that back. You know, if there's anything good about Arizona, that'll be it, because it's concerning like Christian cinema. Yeah, I said it. So,
2: I, I mean, I'm not I, wrong.
7: <laughs> so, I, 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 you heard, I guess you heard about the, uh, um, <laughs> the scandal. For mothers of liberty,
2: which one?
7: One with the, the lesbian affair and the the, the and they um, being accused of rape and all that. The founder.
2: Oh yeah, I think I did run across that.
7: <laughs> so old girl was having a lesbian affair with her chick, and I I, I wouldn't even call it her side piece. Because, uh, it was, it's kind of reminiscent of what was happening with, uh, 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 what's his name? Coco, uh, Farwell.
2: Yeah. Jerry Jr.
7: Becky. Yeah. And so so apparently he was, he was, uh, uh, oh yeah, here you go. Uh, Florida. I think I sent it to you. Uh, Mother Jones. Yes. Um. Uh yeah, Florida GOP leader, a Moms for Liberty founder, and, uh, and allegations of group sex and rape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Because always.
7: Yeah. Because always, and then I found I think I sent you this other article about Mr. Chappelle um, from uh, if Chappelle doesn't want to be associated with Lauren Boebert he shouldn't hold such similar views. Right. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at the picture, sis, because I said you... Oh, no, I think I said this to birthday. I'm looking at this picture. I don't see him looking tricked. I don't see anybody restraining him. No, he's him grinning. He's grinning, and he's and grinning
2: he's, no, face. he's grinning like a fox eating shit out of a wire brush.
7: Right. So... And we the thing about, and see, this is why I can't stand that people get caught and then they try to act like we stupid. Ben Chappelle, is, as much, as much as we don't like him right now because, you know, transphobic, but the man is not stupid. He's a lot of things. Stupid is not one. He's highly intelligent. Very well educated. Because what is his mother, a teacher, or even better, a sh- a professor of black studies or something like that. She grew up in D.C. A black, black and all sorts of stuff. So this man is idiot. He is not. So to say that he was tricked into taking a picture with... I mean, first of all, from what I understand, Laura Boberg is a fucking idiot. So... What are you saying about yourself? Is somebody like Lauren Bobert you into thinking a big square? her? Either way, you're screwed, Dave. We're all screwed, and Dave, in particularly you. It's
2: uh-huh. just like, dude. Well, Seriously. I mean, it would be it would be nice if there were consequences, but so far, you know, uh, the only consequences that have happened are about twenty million of them, and their dollars.
7: Wait, it says, during his visit to Congress yesterday, poor Dave Chappelle was blindsided. The guy went and got tricked. All this is in quotations. Might as well throw in bamboozled and hoodwinked while we're at it. Blame that sneaky Lauren Bobert, who Chappelle claims outfoxed him with her request for an innocent selfie.
2: Because we all know she's like (laughs) sneaky and and conniving and and uh, not an e- evil and, evilly brilliant and shit right.
7: well like i said i think i was saying something about was she twirling we were talking about her on this on friday in the front porch on on friday and i was texting because i couldn't talk at the time was she Did she you know was did she twirling was she twirling her mustache at the same time and was the pale tied down to the train tracks Right?
2: Yeah. Save me.
7: Save me. Save me. Save me. Save me. But no. You know, oh oh, God. It's just again. He could have said no. But obviously she felt like she had what is it? A kindred spirit. With Dave Chappelle, because of all the horrible, evil things he has said about trans people, so she felt that she had a kindred spirit. And then I see what she wrote about this whole thing about what did she say? Just three people who understand that there's only two genders. Did she? Did, you know did, did Dave Chappelle really think that she wasn't going to use that opportunity? Because again, just a stupid man. And he I cannot believe that she, he doesn't. Well, I don't
2: think she went up to him because I don't think she went up to him because she really got a big kick out of the Clayton Bigsby skit or the I'm Wayne Brady Bitch skit.
7: No, no or the um the skit. <laughs> or the I'm Rick James, bitch.
2: Oh Are yeah, it? I'm I'm Rick James, not up yeah. You know? I was think I'm I was like I was thinking said. about the uh I was I was thinking about the episode or the the skit where you know Wayne Brady just gets out and murders people.
7: Oh, oh God, that's you know. See, this is this. See, these are the things that hurt me about people like Dave Chappelle. That skit was fucking brilliant, and Wayne Brady. So what do you say? So you know, Wayne Brady makes Brian Gumble look like Malcolm X. So the, <laughs> And and Chicago, kind of goes, that wasn't me. That was Paul. Bush. That was Mooney, right? That, that skit, you know Wayne Brady, who is everybody's everybody. You know, all you know, like the whitest black man ever. And to see him act that way, especially when you watch the uncut version, with all you know, without the bleeping, he's all full on fuck this and this and that, you know. So no, so no, there's the Rick J, I'm with James Bitch, and then it's like, I'm Wayne Grady Bitch. So those, and and the, and the Prince one too, with his, with Charlie Murphy, Charlie Muffet. So it's like, the man is fucking brilliant. And then somewhere along the way, maybe he got, because he got a couple extra dollars in his pocket, I mean, the man walked away from a multi-million-dollar contract on Comedy Central because he said, "I was not sure if they were laughing with me or
2: at me." And, and that, you know that, to, that was that was a new that was a nuanced and understandable concern. Exactly.
7: So back to when. He, when somebody like that has the the, the like you said the mental the intelligence, the you know emotional intelligence or what have you, as a black person to say, I'm not doing this shit no more because I'm not scared if they're with me or at me. I'm, I can't do this. I don't care how much money they gave me. So what happened to that Dave Chappelle? what happened the money your, the and, money and, and, there's, and
2: there's but, but i i I'm i think punching
7: down, I'm punch down. Uh,
2: there, yeah but there's just there's too much smoke not to be some fire relative to his seeming obsession with uh, with uh, apparently white part, white white trans women
7: white trans women mm
2: mm-hmm.
7: mhm that part says because like like the mothers of liberty and all this, and getting caught, you know, you know, swapping spit and and vaginal juices. I'm sorry.
2: That's okay. I That That's, no, just
7: that just was dinner for the Midwest.
2: Yeah, uh, no, no, you did you you did you did your own neighbors this time. You just you just went after dinner in the Pacific Standard Time Zone.
7: Well, it's not five o'clock yet, so we ain't having dinner. Yet. We don't. Somebody
2: no, but the cook so we, the cooking's underway.
7: Yeah, that's true. That's somebody's true. in a, true. somebody that's Somebody's true. in a
2: drive through in Portland, going well. Fuck it, I'm getting out of line now.
7: Okay. <laughs> so you, when you get caught, you know, the mothers of liberty or Poor liberty or whatever the fuck, and you get caught with, and uh, what are they? You know, sleeping with your lesbian girlfriend. And your husband's watching, you know, uh, it, oh, oh, yeah, I, you I, mean,
2: you mean, she, you, the, you mean she got caught being a vegetarian,
7: a vegetarian. Yep. Yes. You know, this is the woman. This is the woman. According to sources, close to the investigation, let that she and both Ziegler's had a standing consensual three way sexual relationship prior to the incident, the incident of the investigation by Sarasota police, again in Brooklyn, Florida, occurred when Christian Ziegler and the woman were alone at the woman's house without Bridget Ziegler's presence. The sources conveyed. Sources also corroborated that a search warrant was executed on Christian's cell phone and that investigators continue to conduct a forensic examination of that device. It's also alleged to have secretly videotaped the sexual encounters between the couple and the woman, sources said
2: so there's some alfresco porn involved mm-hmm. well it's, it's interesting you would bring that up because uh, does this fall under diversity a former producer at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda has filed suit against the network and the suit says that a former producer, a, a, an executive, I'm sorry, an executive for uh, testicle-toasting Tokyo Rose Carlson, ma- masculine man of masculinity, uh, this, senior producer, this senior executive sexually assaulted the producer and then continued to harass him after making pro- promotion promises, like I said, uh, apparently they're moving on from merely sexually uh, sexually assaulting and abusing and harassing women at Fox and now the and and just, let's just take a moment here imagine being an out gay man who works for Fox okay we'll will we'll take we'll just take we'll just take a minute for that cuz it's going to take some processing
7: no, it's not taking me any processing, because it's like, you're an openly gay man working for Fox. What the fuck?
2: And you're an See, executive so at Fox.
7: And you're an executive at Fox. So you are condoning and complicit in the behavior and the reports that they do about gay people. So tell you, what you're going through. Okay, go ahead.
2: Yeah, so, uh, he pursued and recruited this man, um... Uh, Whose name is Andrew Delancey? The executive's name is Justin Wells. And Andrew Delancey was hired in 2008. And get this, get this. Uh, uh, Wells messaged Delancey first back in 2007, messaged him on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Recruited him from a Fox affiliate in Florida.
7: So he he was grooming him.
2: Okay. Yeah. And uh, Delancey moved to New York from Florida to work for on Fox News Edge. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, the executive was the producing <laughs> Greta Van Susteren yeah, on I the did. record. Mm-hmm. And then moved to Tucker Carlson's show. Uh, sh- uh, the Wells showered Delancey with gifts, uh, personally monogrammed Fox beaded branded pencils and notebooks, and said, "I'll help you learn the ropes at Fox." And then a month after, get oh my god, this is just so gross. A man a month after Delancey got to New York, Wells said, "We're having a mixer, an after-work mixer, at a, <laughs> a at, at, an, at a at a gay bar in New York," and said, "But let's pre-party at my place." But
7: wait, back up, sis. At what where, what gay bar are you having an after? Par- uh, 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 a Mixer for Fox News. Because they don't like gay people. Okay, I mean,
2: is, is, it, is it ye, ye oldy log tavern on the green? I don't know. But, well, so once he got into the apartment, he overpowered him. And this guy sounds like he must be a friend of, I don't know, uh, uh, Matt Schlapp. Uh, In the apartment, uh, Wells easily overpowered him, got him onto his bed, started pawing his genitals. Delancey yelled no, and the guy caused him, Wells caused him severe pain. And And in the suit papers, Wells was not reserved about reminding Mr. Delancey that he held higher status at the network and could in turn... Affect Mr. Delancey's career trajectory. Ooh. So how long did this go on before he said I can't do it no more?
7: How many? So well, the, the, the reason the
2: reason he finally got around to filing it was because uh, back on November 23rd, New York's Adult Survivors of Sexual Abuse Act ended. So it was bef- it was filed before the 23rd. But they're saying that, you know, Fox created, um, the atmosphere in which this could happen.
7: Yes, they did. Roger, well, is it Roger
2: Ailes? Well, I mean, he's long, yeah, I guess he was still alive back then, so sure.
7: Right. Roger Ailes and what the, the other asshole, uh... The guy, I what was his name? Um, brother asked when I got fired because of his his shenanigans. It's, oh, it's, uh, you know, are you talking
2: about the Leprechaun, O'Reilly, Falafel yeah. Man?
7: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's it is a it is a toxic environment. I mean.
2: Yeah, no victim shaming. No victim no victim shaming here. No what was no. he wearing? No I mean no, none of that.
7: No, no, none of that, no, no, no. But under, like you said, under the guise of, you know, equal opportunity diversity. Oh look, we're hot, we got a gay woman and we also and he's not not only gay, but he's a predator, so he sits right in.
2: So you know, G, I, I, I'm guessing they'll probably settle. But I mean, just the the, the whole the, the the whole hypocritical the whole hypocritical you. pastiche of it. You know, Tucker Carlson being so rabidly heterosexual, and he's got a he's got an out gay man producing him. Right. I mean, there is some, these- some serious bifurcated living going on here.
7: Right. I don't know how they... I don't know. Like, this whole... The whole thing with the the sex thing, you know, and the threesome and stuff like that going on in Florida with the Moms for Liberty and stuff like that. You hate who you are. And so, since you can't live the way that you would rather live because... Whatever you put it on people who are living their lives their true authentic selves and because you can't no not that you can't you refuse to because now there's really no and you make sure that there's laws and rules and shit punishing people for being who they are because you refuse to be who you are I think that's the root of a lot of this shit sis what is that she does protest too much.
2: Right, yeah.
7: You know, because you were you trying so hard to live this, this Christian family values, heteronormative life, and it's a fucking lie. And so you're paying all these people money, hush money and all this stuff to watch people fuck, to be fucking people you're quote unquote shouldn't be fucking and all these kind other of things and yet you Oh, and yet that's all I have to say is
2: angry. I know
7: I know just anyway but I know you gotta go cause it's 5 o'clock but I was thinking, oh before I, I got a viewing thing for you cause you have Amazon Pro, you know video right the yeah. Prime video
2: yeah I got Prime
7: Okay, so if you need a good happy cry, it, I, it, it got terrible reviews, and I just found myself watching it last Christmas with that beautiful, beautiful Asian man from Crazy Rich Asians. Henry Gose, whatever his name is, beautiful man. And, uh, so the, and you got yo, you got Emma Thompson, you got him, you got... Oh girl, from one of the people from the Game of Thrones. I really enjoyed it. And, it, it, and you know what was actually surprising that I actually enjoyed? The Eddie Murphy movie, uh, Candy K. Light.
0: Really?
7: I enjoyed it. I, you know, I, I would, see, we, I didn't go in with low expectations, sis. I went in with no None. expectations. None. None. Right. None. None. Kind of like what last Christmas as well. Um and I, cause I watched that, so Saturday, Sunday, I, I did nothing. I, 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 didn't, it was the first, I did work Saturday where I did the class that, you know, about training to work on campaigns and stuff. So I did that and I went to the show, um that evening. So I was busy all day Saturday and then Sunday for the first time, I just stayed my black ass at home. It was beautiful and I just watched stupid shit on television. But, you know, those two movies I really enjoyed. Besides the fact you got Eddie Murphy and David Allen Greer. I, I I'm there. I didn't yeah. know David Allen Greer was in it and so, you know. Um, you know that man has an MFA from Harvard or Yale and it, yeah. yeah. So yeah. No, so anyway
2: Oh and well we got a we got a we got another viewing tip from Dave number eleven. Uh, he says it's the best thing streaming right now. Lessons in chemistry.
7: Yes, on Apple TV. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard good things.
2: Uh, That sounds like something to maybe try tonight.
7: Right. So anyway, and don't forget, check out, when you go, next time you open up your Peacock app, look over to, it's on the left-hand side, and scroll down. If it has a little TV um, icon, that means you can watch live television. So you don't have to wait until Thursday to watch Quantum Leap. If you're, you know, if, you, if you're up or done whatever you're doing at 8 o'clock or whatever, yeah, you can watch it
2: on, uh, um, live, you can watch it live. That's right Nice. Well, it's, it's going to be well, a quick, lo- and I-, I love you, and you have a wonderful evening. And well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad I'm you, and, go and, go I- and I'm glad I could conjure you so you could learn about my beloved Mountaineers going to the mayonnaise bowl.
7: I'm so happy for you that you, I thought, when was the last time they went to a bowl? I mean, I, I'm sorry that it's mayonnaise bowl, but at least they're at a it's bowl. Been a, game. It's
2: been a, yeah, it's been a, it's been a couple of years.
7: Well, I'm going to go celebrate cause today it's National Cookie Day. And and all the different cookie places are having specials, so I'm going to go find me some cookies. That's my blood sugar. Anyway, I love you.
2: Love you. Have a good evening.
7: You too, baby. Bye. Bye.
2: So that's the program. Um, we managed to uh, raise 75 of $300 today. Thank you, everybody. Trying not to mention it so much. Um, a reminder, like I said, I have to have Margie at her ultrasound in Beckley at 2.30 tomorrow. So that means that, um, well, I, I hope to be back. But if I'm not, I mean... Doctor visits, you know, not on your. They're not on your schedule. You're on theirs. And because it is Moran Monday, let's close off with a Moran. And this guy's pretty seriously Moran. Tim Sheehy. He's a candidate for the Republican nomination for Senate. In, uh, Montana And back in August, and it's only just now getting out, back in August, he was at a, meet, a, a candidate meet and greet. Oh, God. Remember a few years ago when we were all going to take a chicken to the doctor? Um... Uh, He said, uh, we need to return health care to pure privatization, because he's a maggot moran. And he said, I mean, health care worked before health insurance existed. Each town had a doctor that would drive to your house, take care of you, and you'd pay him. And guess what? It worked. It worked when you actually paid a doctor for services provided. And then we started getting into this HMO insurance mega conglomerate structure. So, I guess you're going to deliver a bag of hickory nuts to your doctor to (sighs) have... These fucking people. Because if you don't have any money and you don't have anything to barter, you don't get treated. Libertarians. I got a bag of onions here, can you... Onions for bunions. Can you take care of me there, Doc? Oh. So that's the program. Lovely to hear from Tristan this evening. Lovely to hear from Tracy. And uh, hopefully I'm back for tomorrow. If not, you'll know why. I'll post something on social media. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you. uh, To our a la carte contributors and challenge makers. Uh, Thank you this evening, Kevin. Thank you, Ralphs. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, uh, Roger, in Oregon. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on .live. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Help us grow our little community. Leave a comment. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, whiterosesociety.org. Again, a reminder, White Rose is down. That's why everything's going to, the the only way to get it is, you know, the other upload. Uh, See what we can do. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. I'm going to try to get to that story tomorrow. We've been warning about how dodgy and how sketchy the coal industry's reclamation plans, emphasis on the word wreck are in this state. very likely we're going to find out just how bad it is and it's not going to be good for anybody but the coal companies please stay safe get your booster get your RSV vaccine get your flu shot wear your masks when you're around maggots or a group of groups of people greater than 5 just ask Joyce she'll tell you you don't want it keep getting better lady Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance. And if Dave Chappelle comes towards us, no, honest to God, she tricked me. She's inscrutable, that clanny granny. Well, avoid, avoid Dave like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.